Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 286, recorded live on June the 25th, 2020. Joining us tonight on the show is Roger from Roger's Base. Woo! Talk about Min Min, Animal Crossing, Ninjala, Pokemon Unite, Venture Beat, telling us what games are coming for me, and so much more. Jesse, play that stupidly sweet music. <laughs> I do love the theme. Hey guys, welcome once again to Nintendo Dads. It's Marty here with uh, two guys. One of them is a Nintendo dad. The other is just, he just loves Nintendo. I'm just a guy. He's just a guy, but that's okay. We let him on the show because every time he's on, it's so awesome. Uh, (laughs) It's episode 286. It's July, or not July, it's June 25th. 2020's got me all screwed up. I I was going to say, I don't blame you for thinking it's July. Let's just go on and skip. That happens as soon as Mecha Dragon says, it's fascinating how you guys never screw up these intros. There you go. See? Yeah, we do. do, You just don't know it. So we can blame Uh, him. Right, yeah, it's his fault. Uh, speaking of faults, Jesse Waldack, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. It's uh, one of those weird, long work weeks that I haven't had a chance to play hardly anything. But I've got something that something to talk about. As you can tell, I'm less than thrilled, but we'll get to that, we'll, we'll get to that later. All the stuff I've been playing has been good. So I, if you guys wanted positivity, this is the week to tune in. So I yeah, got a lot of stuff voice to talk that about. you're hearing, once again, joining us all the way from Roger's base is Roger. How's it going, buddy? That's right. It's, it's going good. It's going good. I'm actually not technically at Roger's base right now. I am in Vegas uh, quarantining at my girlfriend's parents' house. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, I brought my green screen, my whole stream set up and everything. So it's been pretty okay. Uh, I've been able to play through a bunch of games and I'm excited to talk about them. I always like awesome. being here with you guys. It's always fun. Yeah. And uh, Roger is, if you know from his past uh, appearances on the show, Roger brings a, uh, a certain energy to the show. Uh, with him, and we appreciate that very much. And we want to thank you for Great. hanging out with us tonight. Of course. And guys, for the first time in about three months, we actually have what I would call a plethora of news yeah. to talk about tonight. Tons of stuff coming out uh, this week. And so why don't we just go ahead and dive right into that, shall we? I'm here for it. Let's go. And that music means that it is time for the news, and our news is always brought to us by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can jump into the best community on the internet. It's you guys for, are pretty it's nice. For real, guys. Like that's that's what people say. That's not us saying it. People literally the people are literally saying they're saying that it's the best community on the internet. It's it's fantastic. Uh, and this week we are joined on Patreon by, I love this name, y'all, the Boulder Boulder. All right. <laughs> the B-O-L-D-E-R, B-O-U-L-D-E-R, the Boulder Boulder. I love it. Boulder Boulder, thank you so much for joining us over at Patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. 
And you can be like the Boulder Boulder too. And you can head over there tonight, right now, and join up and get access to our Discord, to uh, Patreon exclusive pre and post show uh, audio and all kinds of stuff. And let me make an aside here and say Let's that tonight it. on our post show, Roger is going to answer your questions. Mm. And we started this with our guests mm. a, few week, a few months ago, uh, back in February. And what we're doing is this, is that these are, Roger, I hope you're ready for this. These are um, no holds barred questions. All right. And now we want Great. you to make them appropriate, you know, not, no, no, not safe for work questions. Cause we are exactly. a PG show. We are, we are a show exactly. for, for families. PG 13. Come on. Of course. You don't, these are questions that you can ask Roger that don't necessarily pertain to anime or gaming or anything else. Just what do you want to ask him about? And so anything, what we want you to do right anything. now is this, is if you're listening to the show or you're watching the show right now, we want you to leave a question for Roger at nintendodads at gmail.com. All right. Just open up your, your, your Google Gmail device, whatever it is, be it on your desktop or on your phone and send us a question and we will uh, get those to Roger and he'll answer those with the little bit of time that he has left tonight in the post show. Uh, And again, guys, tonight's show may be a little bit, a little bit shorter than normal because uh, Roger is working on a time schedule and we want to be um, respectful of him and his time. And that's why we're going to dive right into the news right now. Again, patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Go over there and get locked in. Uh, this week, I think one of the biggest news items, Roger, and we're just going to jump in right from the jump and talk about this. Sure. Because I know that you will have a ton of energy and passion here. Brand new arm, uh, brand new Smash Brothers character. Yes, I almost said brand new arms character. <laughs> brand new arms character. It's like not quite yet. We're not getting yeah, an arms yeah. to quite yet. <laughs> brand new Smash character revealed yes. this week. Yes. Min Min from yes. Arms joining the roster. Uh, by the way, totally called this. I uh, said it in several communities leading up to it. I said they were like, "Who's it going to be? Who's going to be? It could be anybody." Min-min. I was like, "It's going to be Min Min or Ninjara." It's there you go. It is, and they even came out. They, the they brought that up in the presentation. Yeah, it was almost Ninjara. Yeah, I, I like personally. I love this choice. Yeah, I think, it, a cool I think choice. it works super well. Uh, I loved the presentation. I thought it was done so well. Even like I thought it was cool that it was from Sakurai's house. Yep. Uh, we didn't get Sakurai's cat though, unfortunately. That no, was something that I thought we were going to get. get. He that. always is posting pictures of his cats, and no, I thought I for sure. This. We did get uh, the the pan over shot of his incredible setup for gaming, right? right. The two TVs, oh, it's beautiful. All the systems impeccably placed. It's it's clean. Everything's all the cords are stowed, and I was just like, oh, you know, I wanted that setup so bad. But let let me hear from you, Roger. What did you think okay. about Min Min? Uh, what did you think about the presentation overall? Yeah. I mean, I loved it. I, I went in, I did an arms video. I think I even brought this up the last time that I was on the show. It was like the most recent video that I did was uh, figuring out what character for arms was going to be in it. And I figured it was going to come down to one of two characters. I said Min Min or Twintel. And I think a big reason for that is obviously they're both fan favorite characters. And I feel like the roster desperately needed girls. I just feel like we haven't. Obviously, Byleth was like an alt costume. You could do the male or female Byleth. And they've got Kazooie with Banjo. But like, just a standalone girl, like a cool, interesting standalone girl. And so on top of that, Min Min won the Arms Party Crash event that happened last year. Oh um, yeah! So I, it just it all made sense. And the second I saw 
Captain Falcon and Kirby eating ramen, which, by the way, some of you guys might, might be wondering, what am I eating on today's show? Well, I haven't had a chance to eat dinner yet, so I'm scarfing down some noodles in honor of Min Min and Captain Falcon and Kirby. But <laughs> <laughs> people who listen to the podcast are probably like, what the heck is going on right now? But this is why you watch the podcast on YouTube. Uh, I just I thought the trailer was absolutely magnificent. That was definitely not the best idea for a bit. Because now I have cheese all over my mouth. Give me one second. I loved the animation. Like, I love mm. the way they opened up with a little animated short where, you know, it was kind of King of Fighters-esque where yes. they're all grabbing for the, the Smash invitation. I, I thought that was neat. And I am really happy that they didn't go the easy route. What I thought was going to happen was they were going to do a continuation of the Incineroar and Ken trailer, kind of like what they did with Banjo-Kazooie, where they did the, the uh, continuation of the King K. Rule one. Yeah, and they didn't. And I thought it could have been very easy for them to just do, you know, Incineroar looks behind him with the villager and all the other things from that trailer. You see Springman or Minmin or whatever jump down from the rafters, and I thought that would be that. And they didn't. They went out of their way to really make it look amazing. And the cell shading that was in that trailer, like it makes me want an arms too in that visual style. So, Ooh. yeah, I really, you I know, just, I love. I, I think it. one of the other ways I could have went with that would have been to a callback to the. Um, to the announcement of arms in the original uh, switch presentation. Sure. 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 Maybe a callback to that, but still, I thought this was, was excellent. I, I love, let's, let's talk about men, men as a character. Sure. Uh, sure. Cause I think this is the first time uh, that we have seen the uh, uh, individual buttons for individual attacks. Yes, uh, with the A and B controls. button with each arm is is incredible, yes. and the range of of the character I find fascinating as well. Like how you're basically able to stand in the middle of the stage with A reach to the right side of the stage, with B reach to the other side of the stage, and the ability to switch one of your arms as well too. Mm-hmm. You could basically play keep away with the chakram arm that's running circles around the ledge while you're holding down the A button and shooting lasers with the other hand. And uh, again, like it sounds like something when they were describing it, like oh that's going to be broken like why would you play any other character you've got this amazing range but sakurai went out of his way to clarify that really you it's you don't you've no up close game at all like there's nothing that you can really do up close outside of the i think it was like her up tilt her up smash and her down smash pretty much everything and her uh like jab kung fu attack thing too beyond that there's literally no other thing that she can do up close and so it really does come down to the stage control and having to figure out you know i want to be in the middle of the stage i'm going to knock you off the stage or throw you off the stage or something and make sure to keep you there utilizing the range of my other attacks. And so, yeah, she's absolutely fascinating. It's, um, it's definitely going like to be her. a fresh approach, approach to smash. Yeah, to, for sure. To play as her, to use her. Um, also She'll be love- incredible in doubles too. I got to say, I think yes. like if you are playing a close range fighter and then you've got your doubles character, or your team character is Min Min. I mean, you have one person standing on the other side of the stage, someone else rush down and get really close, like a Mario or an Incineroar or something, and just do, like, heavy damage, and you're good. You'll win. I was thinking – I was actually thinking, as you were saying, that Bowser and Min Min are going to be – Oh, Bowser and Min Min will probably be really good, yeah. Oh, Little my Mac? gosh. And I, and Little Mac is definitely Little another Mac would be well, great Little Mac – Little Mac probably especially because he is all about stage control. It's not really about yeah. aerials. And Min Min has that really cool up B with the recovery where she's basically invincible because it's her arms are what she launched off of. And so the attacks go straight through her arms as she's jumping, which is, yeah, yeah fascinating stuff. It's going to be good. I, I also really thought that the, the stage that they picked, uh, Spring Stadium, is – I mean, it's definitely one Beautiful. of the ones that most people know 
from ARMS. Uh, it's one of the more iconic stages, I think. I love the uh, the added jumping platforms and the fact that those actually, you know, cause different attacks and things as you yeah. jump off of those. And that you can use those, um, you know, ARMS drones delivering items during it. It's just, I loved ARMS. I think that uh, it's, it's probably Same one here. of the... I think ARMS is one of the saddest tales of the Switch in its three-year history because mm. they basically just cannibalized it. Which is two. its strange because I hear that argument a lot, and I also agree that I feel like ARMS is a heavily underrated game. But the way people talk about ARMS, it's funny because it's like the game was a, a big success. This was a new IP fighting game that sold 4 million copies in its first mm -hmm. year. Like that is – that's legitimately amazing. And you think about the roster compared to like the roster in something like Smash Brothers where you've got like 80 characters versus the 12 that are in ARMS. I think it's 12, 12 or 13 that are in ARMS. Um and you think about the amount of content that's really in arms compared to a lot of their fighting games. And I would actually say that I think it's getting still a lot of love to this day. And the fact that they're really pushing it in the Smash DLC says to me that there's definitely a plan to make this a franchise. This was oh, not sure. a one-off thing. Sure. They're going to be doing more with it. And I also wouldn't be surprised considering what Sakurai said during the presentation where, you know, the series doesn't actually have a protagonist despite it seeming like it's Springman. Everybody's the protagonist and they could choose to do whatever they want. Um, I would be shocked if given the the uh, push that ARMS is getting with Min Min as a playable character, if they did not go ahead and make Min Min sort of like the star of ARMS 2, sure, if there yeah, does yeah. end up being one. She's, she's, the, she's the cover art. Exactly, exactly. Here's the thing, like when I say that it was sent out and it was cannibalized, like I don't think that Nintendo in time, it, you know, meant to do that, but I think it was just that you had two games that were meant to be played online, that were meant right. to have uh, a good online base and one of them was new and one of them was Splatoon 2. Right. And people gravitated towards Splatoon. And it kind of, I think, unknowingly, they cut the legs out from under it a little too sure. soon. Now, four, four million is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. No, no. Uh, especially for a brand new IP. But then you look at what Splatoon has done. And right. I, I, I would have liked to have seen a little lead time between them. I, yeah. I think it did okay. I think it could have done much better if it hadn't been followed up literally 30 days later by Nintendo's, arguably Nintendo's biggest online game. Yeah, and I though I would I have a couple of things to say about that actually because one is I feel like to this day I hold this this opinion that Arms is the best online functional game of anything that Nintendo has made on the Switch. I truly believe that. I think the okay. functionality, the jump in, jump out pace of the online where you're constantly mm -hmm. doing something different, you could play a couple matches and then leave. Um, rarely there's lag. You rarely deal with lag like something like Smash Brothers. You rarely deal with dropouts like something like Mario Kart. I feel like even with Splatoon occasionally, you'll get in a squad of eight and halfway through the game, right, four people will drop. And then all of a sudden it's like, the entire thing's one-sided, but you still have to play through that match. Whereas ARMS, because it's so um, it's played in such short bursts, it's really a great game to play online. And I think to this day still has the best online of any of uh, Nintendo's like major first-party internet games. Now, the other thing I want to say, though, is going back to what you were talking about with the Splatoon thing, I think Nintendo probably already saw – I don't know this for a fact, but I assume they saw ARMS as sort of like a test 
more so than like Splatoon, which was set up really as like this huge franchise when the Wii U really didn't have that much. They had a big franchise that needed to do well on the Wii U. They made a sequel game. Obviously, Splatoon is massively popular, especially in Japan. And so I think they knew they had to get that out within its first year. And I think even if Splatoon wasn't out there, you know, I think your argument about the game getting cannibalized by other games on the system still would hold true because Mario Kart was the month before Mario Kart came out. And um, a lot of people forget this, but that first year of the Switch, they really did a huge push for the Super Street Fighter 2 game remake that oh, came to yeah. the Switch, which was also a fighting game, which also came out in the same one month time span. And I think there was a lot of nostalgia for people who maybe picked up a Switch who haven't had a console in a long time, who went, oh, a remake of Street Fighter 2, I love that game, and might have jumped on that instead of you know jumping on something like ARMS, which again yeah. is a new IP, isn't yep. really established, so yeah. Well, either way, uh, I think you're you're totally right about us getting an arms too eventually. Yes. I, I in fact I would almost say that's probably a twenty twenty one game. Yeah. Uh, at yeah. this point that to keep that franchise going. Uh a couple other details about this. Eighteen tracks from the game, like literally every yes. uh, song from from arms is in there. And Sakurai makes the mention here that they didn't have to really do anything to them. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there are, there's there also are two, there tracks. Are two new arrangements. That's right. And yeah, one it, of those names was redacted. Yeah. So no, no, no. So the the stage in Arms. I saw a lot of people who are not Arms fans who misunderstood what that was. There is a stage in the game Arms where the stage is titled "Name Redacted" because it's the secret oh. laboratory for Doctor Coil, who's one of the oh, characters. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so a I, lot of people who who aren't yeah. like deep into the arms lore saw that and were like, what the heck is this about? Like yeah. what track are they going to put in? Yeah. But I'm no, one of them. So I, I didn't, I've never played arms. So <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, there you go. So two, two I was confused about that. Uh, to be fair, that's one of the best tracks in the game because it's not a simple remix of da, 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 da. Whereas pretty much every other stage is that, um, the name redacted stage has all these weird sound effects in it. And I, it's really cool. I think people are going to enjoy it if they haven't heard it before. Yeah. So, uh, from there they announced this is launching, uh, from now in four days, four Wait. days, Min Min is out. This will also bring with it, I believe, uh, version eight, uh, yes. of Smash. Uh, and with that comes some new features as well. Uh, new Mii Fighter costumes. I thought these, some of these were really cool. Vault uh, Boy, course, who? Yeah, Vault Boy as, uh, Gunner. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> and, and it kind of establishes the fact that every, time we get a new character we're yeah. going to get some out of nowhere costume fighter. that sure. is bringing a franchise in that maybe won't necessarily be supported by smash you know in in, in a dlc way sure uh dlc full dlc character uh so far we've seen sans yep. uh, which was fantastic cuphead yep. which was fantastic vault I boy looks no different i yep. love the fact that these are not just costumes they're actual skins Yes, well, they, it really makes it look like the character exactly. Yes. Like when you play as Sans or Cuphead or Vault Boy, it really just looks now, like I, a character model. Are, are we getting a music track with Vault Boy, or is this one no. just a skin? They did not which, announce which one. Which makes sense because I can't imagine what, what they would put in for music from Fallout. Like a lot of Fallout's music is licensed music, so part yeah. of me is like, "Take me home, country roads." <laughs> I can hear oh, them, you know, great. they're not gonna do some, they're not gonna do some remix to "Take Me Home, Country Roads" for Vault Boy. Um, that would be hilarious. But, you know, I, I think moving forward, I completely agree with you. I think that every one of the upcoming DLC characters, it's gonna come with some type of special 
me fighter as well. Not come with, but like launches at the same time. This Here's is now my prediction. You want to hear? You want to hear my prediction? Please, yes. That hear it. one of these out of nowhere me fighters. Please don't say it. Please don't say it. Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's what did you I think you I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Gino because we have not yet seen the Me Fighter costume for Gino from Smash Four That's yet. That's correct. And That's it, correct. it, it seems Gino's like there's a very be- high likelihood that we're going to get Paper Mario as a DLC character because of the new Paper Mario game, and it seems like they're leading more towards first party stuff. Um, and so I'm I'm legitimately worried. I feel like Sakurai gave us Ridley and K. Rule and all these characters people have been asking for literally since Melee. And, and Gino is saying the last you've got to put this in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like Gino's the last holdout, and uh, I think maybe the reason why they're not putting in his Me Fighter costume is because they're literally going to make a really detailed Sans-type costume for Gino for the Me Gunner, um, and maybe launch that alongside Paper Mario if he ends up. Okay. In fact, that's in fact I'm going with that. That's my prediction. Paper Mario gets confirmed as one of the characters, and then his Me Fighter that launches with him is going to be Gino. You heard so it here let, first. Let's let's circle back to this in a minute because you and I were talking before the show started about who this these next five characters can possibly yes. be because the field is wide open. Yep. Uh, at this point, uh, a couple other things I did want to mention. Uh, from these me fighters, Ninjara getting a me fighter, which yep. uh, I think is cool that you'll be able to at least have one more arms character. Uh, Heihachi from Tekken. Yes. Uh, yes. Which looks really cool. And Callie and Marie, uh, getting fighter costumes as well. I wasn't yeah. as hype about those as some people were. I liked I liked seeing Callie and Marie. I would have preferred Pearl and Marina. I just like them better. Um, but I mean, Callie and Marie are cool. And the the big one I did like, the one I really did like, was seeing Heihachi come back because I've seen a lot of people debating. You know, of all these third parties that are in Smash Bros, it seems like the only one that doesn't have multiple third party characters outside of Microsoft, which makes a lot of sense, would be uh, Namco. And Namco developed the game for God's sake. So you'd think at some point we'd get another Namco character. Yeah. Um, and one of the big ones that everybody talked about was Heihachi, obviously, because he's from Tekken. But now it seems like that's probably not going to happen and that this is the Tekken representation. So, yeah. uh, Also launching with this version uh, 8 update are Spirit Battle rematches, yes. uh, which will allow you to uh, play against spirits you've unlocked. Uh, and then you will get a high score for that, which will then be added to a running total high score of all spirits combined. Sakurai literally said, we know you like big numbers, so <laughs> you're going to get a big number from this. What I really hoped this was, and it doesn't seem to be, is that spirits that you've seen but not unlocked, you could rematch against them mm-hmm. uh, directly from your list. Cause I have several of those and I'm at a point now where I've got like almost 1200 spirits out of the 1400. And when I go to the spirit board, very rarely do I get one that I don't have a check mark by. Right. Right. And so that gets really frustrating, uh, especially when they're adding new ones via DLC and that just bumps it up. How many more yep. I've got to get. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and how so often is the spirit board rotated to the, like every five minutes. It's every but, five minutes, but the other thing is certain characters only come out at certain times, too. Yes. Um, and so you have to look at what characters come out at what times in addition to all of that. And then some spirit events will make a comeback or they'll be thrown into the actual mix. Like the Cuphead characters are now part of the regular spirit board thing. They're not part of an event thing. Um, but there's no real way of telling like, OK, well, which one is an event one or which one's a spirit one unless yeah. you're actually actively looking it up. Yeah. And there's there's about to be a new uh, event. I think yep. it's this weekend, the Nefarious Ne'er-Do-Wells events. 
right. uh, which is basically all villain spirits. And you have the opportunity. I think the big ones are like Taboo and a couple King, other Pirate King K. Rule or something. Pirate King K. Rule yeah. and someone else. And then yeah. a whole list of others. Waluigi, yeah. my boy, he's featured on the – He's the, in there the too. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. he's in there. Uh, Sakurai ends the stream by showing off two brand-new Amiibo – Guess what, guys? Amiibo are not dead. <laughs> but not. I do want to highlight something that he said. Uh, he shows off the Joker Amiibo and says that it will be released in fall of 2020, which, by the way, Joker Amiibo looks ridiculous. Yeah, it looks, it looks really su- cool. Super cool. The blue fire coming off of yeah, the bottom. super cool. Looks love great. Uh, he then shows off the Hero Amiibo, which both of these I love have been chilling behind a plant. Yes. On his coffee table the yeah. entire time. <laughs> when he mentions, when he brings up the hero amiibo, he basically says, this one's been tooled, but we don't know if it's going to get released or not. So what's mm-hmm. going on here? I think he just means the final design of the hero. Like whether or not that's the one they're going to go with or if it's one of the other three heroes. Or it's obviously still a work in progress, right? These amiibos, they go through a lot of testing. Sometimes the stances of the characters change. Sometimes there's an extra little plastic bit that's on there that oh, they yeah. have to. So I, I think he and was just saying, yellow. hopefully yeah, I, I did <laughs> not like the P yellow link, right? link thing. Yeah. Uh, um, I, thought, I think that's I thought what it was. Hero looked great. I, th- yeah. I think that I honestly feel like that iteration of hero, that design is the one they need to go with because yeah. that's the one that's most closely linked to the switch. Right, right, with Luminary, right. Uh, and so, I like, I just think that that's the one they need to go with. It's the one I choose to play with when I play as Hero. That's just my opinion. But yeah, uh, those apparently are coming out in fall 2020, which lends us hope that uh, if you're out there and you're wanting a Banjo-Kazooie Amiibo, uh, that's coming. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. next year. And I will I 100% get that. I don't get really every Amiibo now, um, now. Like, I used to collect a lot of them and trade them and things like that. But uh, now I know, like, Banjo I need to have and Joker I need to have. I'm just – I'm I'm super upset because I missed Simon Belmont. Uh, well, you didn't miss it. I mean, just go on Amazon. You can always well, order one. Oh, yeah, but they're like 40 bucks. No, they aren't. What the heck? Are You're they, looking at the wrong websites. Were. I will link they you. Were. I was going to say, if you, if you go on Amazon or you go on like a Zen market or some type of thing like that that has like Japanese collectibles, you could definitely get one. You could actually import one from Zen market, which is in Japanese. I mean, the site's in English, but I mean, you could order it from Japan, have it get sent to you. It still works exactly the same. It's the yeah. exact same Amiibo, um, and it'll be cheaper. So just do that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to go check this out because i got to get yeah. – I've got to get Simon. That was – Yeah, like, Simon's awesome. Oh, Richter too. My, Richter's super cool. Uh, I, I, there's, there were plenty of Richters around here, but I was like, uh, I can't buy you until I buy Simon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can't do that. So that's, that's coming out, guys. Next Monday, get ready. Uh, I would say more than likely – that's going to be an early evening dinner time-ish release. Yeah. Uh, it's been like 6 p.m. around for me uh, when that's come out every time. So like, you know, like 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 4 p.m. on the on the West yep. Coast. Uh, that'll be out. And probably they always do the update and then they release character um, later. Yeah. So I think what's probably going to happen is that the character and the update will most likely come out, like you said, around 5 my time, like Pacific time. Um, but I, I don't know if you guys are planning this either. I know one big thing that a lot of people are doing that I've seen talked about on Twitter is that people are going to be logging on to arms in the morning 
like and playing arms while getting ready for the smash update and sort of like flooding the servers so then that way when people are trying to download the update for smash brothers it doesn't crash and no one's actually able to download it you know sometimes with some of these smash update reveals every time Oh yeah. Okay. I was being nice, but you know, you know, they have the thing where it goes, Oh, you can't download it right now. So now there's a push to have everybody play arms instead while the update goes live, which I I think is this. I think I do too. I like it. Play arms. I will. That's what I'm going to go do. Go buy arms. If you don't have it, go play it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also announced this week. uh, Let's talk about this for just a few minutes here. Yeah. Pokemon presents. They did a second Pokemon presents uh, this week. I actually woke up for this one. Uh, which I'm so sorry. That, yeah, I'm like so I'm sorry. Say, I woke up for this one because the rumors were swirling. Right, the, there was tons of uh, <laughs> energy behind, like uh, "Let's go, Johto" and all kinds of stuff. And then I sat for 11 minutes and watched them introduce Pokemon Unite, which is a Pokemon uh, MOBA. Yep. Which, if you don't know what that stands for, what does that stand for? It's like massively online battle action, I think. Massive online battle arena, I think. Arena, arena. Okay. So so basically what this is, is it's five on five team battles where you don't catch Pokemon. You just control a Pokemon who is trapped in an arena and forced to fight. Other yeah. Pokemon. Well, as as Mecha Dragon describes it in the chat, it is indeed basically Pokemon's version of League of Legends. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's League of it, Legends. It's it brings, uh, Valorant, right? I mean, it's. What were you saying, Jesse? Say, so I, I haven't I haven't played a MOBA, but my understanding of how the gameplay is is you know you can you, there are wild Pokemon that spawn. You defeat them to level up to gain right. abilities and evolve, etc. But the actual points you earn are you you catching Pokemon and then going back to a safe space to deposit them. Yeah, it's, it's defeating, the, defeating the wild Pokemon and defeating your opponent's Pokemon gets you points, which you then take to your nodes and drop off. Uh, but you can also try to capture nodes from other the other team or destroy their nodes. Yeah. Basically make it harder for them to score points. Yeah. The unfortunate thing about this is – you know, I, I sort of knew going into this, this was not going to be a Let's Go Johto or a Diamond and Pro remake type situation. Uh, if you listen to Japan Time, I had mentioned specifically on there, everybody was talking about, oh, we're going to get remake games. And I said, you got to remember, we still have not yet seen that Detective Pikachu sequel that people were talking about. It could just be something on the level of that. And oh, maybe yeah. that's what you should expect. And everyone said, no, there's no way. There's no way. It's going to be something huge. And I said, okay, well, I'm driving to Vegas on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm not waking up at 6 a.m. to do a live stream of this thing. And I'm telling you, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal. We'll see. Sure enough, what happened? And all of my timeline was going, all right, Roger, you're holding the W on this one. That's good. Because <laughs> I just I, – I don't know. There was a gut feeling. I felt like, especially after watching the second presentation, obviously a Pokemon MOBA is a huge deal and could potentially be very successful, especially because it's free to start. Um, however, I think the reason they separated this was because I think they kind of knew, or at least Pokemon Company International in America knew – that Pokemon Snap is something people have been waiting for for a long, long time. And obviously, this Pokemon Unite game is a huge push for the Pokemon company. And I think they just did not want the hype of a new Pokemon Snap game to completely overshadow that of a brand new MOBA that they're obviously putting a lot of their time and a lot of their, you know. I, here, here's my take on it. I, I, I love that idea. Uh, I think that 
you're giving them a little, um, you're lifting them up a little bit. Here, here's, here's where I think it is. Uh, if we introduce this, when we introduce Pokemon snap, uh, people are going to crap on it and it's not going to make money. It could be that too. It could be that because too. I, I think that kind of goes hand in hand, right? You know, I mean, this obviously got a lot of hate they, when it got announced want, too. They want the spotlight on Pokemon on, on Unite so that people get excited about it. And they and if you'll notice during the the live stream, they made a big deal about showing how excited people were to play it. See, but the crazy thing about that was Reagan and I were watching that in the morning, and she's a huge Pokemon fan, like a huge Pokemon fan. We woke up, had our coffee, opened up the laptop, I turned it on, and we're both sitting there watching it, and she literally couldn't make it through the 11 minutes. It's 11 minutes of a presentation, and it was eight awful. minutes in, she's like, I'm done, and she got up and went and did something else. And the way that they're pushing this game and the way they're talking about it – it just it doesn't look exciting. They could feign excitement, but it doesn't look exciting. I mean, it could be good. Who knows? But the way they presented it was not good. It was the, the very, thing I always go back to um, is the um, you know like the Animal Crossing City Folk commercial they did, mm-hmm. where it was like the two middle aged women sitting on the couch going, "You can collect seashells." Now my mom is a middle-aged woman who plays Animal Crossing. She literally texted me the day she saw that commercial when I was in college and City Folk came out, and she said, this new Animal Crossing game looks so boring. That's how you know you failed. (laughs) If you're going for your demographic, and my girlfriend is the demographic that would play this. She likes MOBAs. She likes Pokemon. That's She's who wants this, and she doesn't want it. So I think that's a huge (laughs) issue. I thought the presentation came off very... The only word that I can think of to, to accurately describe what I was thinking of was it was very plastic. Yes. It yes. was it was very um I guess another word would be fake. And yeah. but that's that's, it a, felt that's kind of a harsh word. Yeah, it, it didn't feel fake, forced. it felt horsed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it felt forced. Uh it kind of felt like um the not the original teaser for Ring Fit, but the one where they had the people talk about it. Mm, and it mm-hmm. was like, you know, the people made the memes like, hello, human. Mm-hmm. We we love this video game and we think you will, too. Exactly. Very, hey, but Ring Fit turned out to be good. So who knows? Ring Fit did turn out to be good. And here's <laughs> the thing. I expect this to make one bajillion million zillion dollars. Sure, sure. All it's they need to do is release – make- they could release money. like a shiny Charizard skin or a Mega Charizard expansion or something, and like people will buy it. The thing um, that is, is as soon as quote your favorite Pokemon is right. in Pokemon Unite, and you can be that Pokemon and fight with it, yeah, it's over for a yeah. lot of people. And I think the other thing too is. This seemed like a missed opportunity because with MOBAs, I think a big reason why people really play them is they're free to play on PC as well. There's a lot of people who just like play League of Legends literally on their old Chromebook, right? Like you can run on pretty much anything. And uh, they're really missing an opportunity by putting this on mobile and on Switch and not on PC. Because I cannot imagine – I mean they're developing it on a PC. And obviously you could play on mobile. You could play on a Switch. I I can't imagine there's a situation in which you shouldn't be able to play – on PC as well. I mean, that would expand their user base significantly. And, and I think we'd get a lot more people interested. probably will come later on. Well, if I, it comes later on, it's it too late be. at that point, yeah. though. Because they're you're starting to set right. up this new MOBA. Yeah, so. You're right. And see, I'm not in that, that whole scene at all. So this looked like something for me as a as a casual Pokemon fan. That's something I might pick up and play a couple of times. Right. But not something that's I'm just going to, like, sink a, a massive number of hours yeah. into yeah, yeah. Right. 
Like I just and, and I I do find this interesting. And this was our most voted on topic this week uh, in our show show topics poll that Nintendo it has been reported this week that Nintendo is quietly and slowly starting to lean away from mobile gaming. And that this announcement of Pokemon Unite comes at a really weird time yes. when that is also being talked about. But I think there is some, well, some, some On the other hand, Pokemon Unite has nothing to do with Nintendo. I, well, I know that, but because Pokemon I, has existed on Nintendo systems for so long, I feel right. like they're almost synonymous. Now. Right. I understand that there is an applied and often very confusing yeah, people think Pokemon, they think Nintendo, even though right, right. Nintendo has never developed a Pokemon game, to my knowledge. It's always been Game Freak or someone right. uh, who else who was, right. out, who was outsourced for it. Well, and I in this case, this was outsourced to an outsourcer. I, I so, guess that right. what, what this is, what they're saying is, is that it's Nintendo not even Game Freak in-house, first party, whatever, right. are starting to lean away from mobile gaming, which means that... which Because they're referring to the Mario's, the Fire Emblem's, Dragalia Lost, that kind of stuff. Because even if you'll notice, whenever they have their mobile game like spreadsheets, Pokemon Go is never part of that. They never have yeah. any of the Pokemon games. And even taking away like something like Pokemon Smile, Pokemon you know, Unite, all these other uh, cafe mix that just came out, right? There are actually a lot of Pokemon apps that already exist on phones that are actually relatively successful. Pokemon Masters is still running. Pokemon Shuffle is still on there. Pokemon Troze is on there. There's Pokemon, like there's all kind of Pokemon apps. And so I think Nintendo with this, again, I agree with Jesse, I think was not referring to the Pokemon announcements at all. But like, I agree with you completely. The timing was very strange. Yeah. So what I want to think about is, or go back to is, you know, we were told that at some point there would be a Legend of Zelda mobile app. Mm. Uh, probably a game at, at some point. Yeah. I think this probably puts that in limbo. Yes, most likely. I don't think that is going to come out at any point anytime soon. Um, the ma- the main thing when they first announced that too, correct me if I'm wrong, it was that they're speculating that one of the franchises they're looking at is Legend of Zelda, but they never confirmed yeah, I, a title yeah, I don't or think an announcement. That was ever confirmed. Yeah, they had they had like a logo that they showed in some it was like some investors thing and they said, Well, Mario and Legend of Zelda and titles like these are titles we'll be focusing on for the mobile app, but yeah. they never clarified. I, I think that leader they were planning on four mobile games and only released two. Right. Because Animal Crossing, it's well documented, went through like a lot of changes before it became Pocket Camp. Um, we've got like Dragalia Lost is a new IP, which was a collab with Psy Games. And Fire Emblem, which funnily enough is their most successful one, despite everyone <laughs> making fun of Fire Emblem for being in Smash Bros. It still is their number one, you know, highest yeah. grossing game. So, Well, and, and it's still making them like millions of dollars. Yeah, a month. Like, this is they're like, making a lot. It, it's kind of odd to hear this announcement, but honestly, I feel like it's probably for the best because yeah. the, the games that we thought, like traditional Nintendo gamers, the games we thought would just really set the world on fire on mobile, didn't. No. Like Mario Run, as fun as that was for 10 minutes, right. it did not scratch the itch. It, it, it basically showed that Automatic Mario is not fun. Right. You know, uh, after a great period of time. Right, right. Mario Kart Tour, it's okay, but it's still not Mario Kart. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, like, I loved it when it first came out, but I fell off that wagon. Dr. Mario's upside down. 
Dr. Mario. Yeah, who's playing? I was going to say, who's playing Dr. Mario at all? It's uh, you mean you're uh, not enough people to Dr. announce Baby a Mario? new No. Uh, yeah, the, the new, another, another new doctor. I'm like, yeah. Babies, babies yeah, I think the thing, characters. the thing to me is that I think anybody who's played Gotcha, like I play a lot of mobile games. I play a lot of anime themed mobile games. I, I could have told you this is going to be the case. Like uh, the things that do well are Gotcha type games. I think if Nintendo, re- and the way I took this is that Nintendo said they're they're not focusing on mobile game efforts anymore. I think maybe what they assumed with the Switch was that obviously having all their major development teams focused on the main like one console, with the Switch being a handheld and a console, they figured their handheld quote unquote would be mobile, right? And so they'd outsource and sort of test the waters and see how things do. But mobile really is something completely different. And I don't think they're not going to ever make another mobile game ever again. That's not how I took this. What I think they're going to do is like instead of having four a year or something, they'll probably make one, right, and put it out there and test the waters and see how it does and then see how it makes money while continuing to you know, do updates for the ones that are obviously making the money like Fire Emblem and Dragalia. And I think you'll see more of a fall. I think they'll they'll give Tor probably another year. I think they'll give Tor another year um, now that they introduce multiplayer. But I think that'll eventually fall off. Dr. Mario is pretty much dead as it is. And Mario Run, no one's touched. And I think a big reason for Mario Run is, again, because it was a premium game. It wasn't something that was free to start. You bought the game. And then got extra stuff from it. And I think oh. they've learned yeah. their lessons. And I think they realize that well, with Dragalia and Fire Emblem both being gotcha games, you can really make a lot of money doing that. And the kind of thing to me that's like shocking that they haven't tried it is some type of Splatoon mobile game in the style of a Clash of Clans. Because I think that type of experience wouldn't carry over one-to-one with what Splatoon is on consoles. But Splatoon being such a massive franchise and being about custom uh, customizing your character and all that stuff, I mean, they could sell like 99 cent packs to customize, like outfit packs or something for your Inklings. And I guarantee you they would make money. But instead of doing that, they wanted to focus on making these other like more gamey type experiences when in reality that's not the case. The battling, even in something like Fire Emblem and Dragalia, so much of the battling is focused on how auto battle works, right? The thing that you get from buying the Fire Emblem Pass is unlocking auto battle stuff for Fire Emblem, which is something that obviously you're playing Fire Emblem, but you mostly are doing it to unlock the new fighters. And the game itself is almost secondary to the things that you're getting. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that's the approach they need to take moving forward. It's the game can't come first. As weird as that might sound to a lot of people, um, the game really can't come first. It's the bonuses and what people are buying, which is what you really need to make, you know, interesting and something that you need well, to focus on. And and the thing is, is that's what people expect from it. If we're right. honest, right? Because right. that's what they're getting in other games, right? So right. They're not coming to these games expecting them to reinvent the wheel. They're expecting it to be like. Clash of Clans. They're expecting it mm-hmm. to be like the gotcha game, you know, that they've been playing, except with Nintendo and Nintendo yeah. on it. And so, you know, it's just a certain ecosystem. And you're right. They tried several different things and they found what works with Fire Emblem, apparently. Yeah. I don't think that like this announcement, I don't think is them saying we're shutting down Fire Emblem Heroes next week. No, they're not. No, I they're mean, it's run. clear they're not. They're, I mean, they're, they're starting new... To- they're going to ride the horse on that until it's literal bones. Yes. And yes. it's just run yeah. into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. That's, until that's it, the until one that's made the most problem. money. Oh, yeah. 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 They're going to continue to make money on it. I just don't like I wouldn't get my hopes up for a new Nintendo mobile game for a while. No, 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 no. I wouldn't either. So the chat has um, actually me already. When I said I'm not sure if Nintendo ever 
developed a Pokemon game. Apparently, they were co-developers along with Hell Labs on Pokemon Stadium 2. Oh, well, okay. Now, Pokemon there Stadium 2, there's a thing, though. Hold on. Is Pokemon Stadium 2 Japan's Pokemon Stadium 2 or the actual Pokemon Stadium 2? Because Pokemon Stadium 2 in America was technically Pokemon Stadium 3. And Pokemon Stadium 2 was Pokemon Stadium in America. This is two in America. Whoa. Two in America. Okay, excellent. There you go. There you Roger, go. Now you, just, I, you just introduced me to knowledge I did not know. I had no clue. Thank you. Pokemon Stadium, there the lost go. levels. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty so much. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about another update here. We talked about Smash. We talked about uh, Pokemon Unite. That No, no date on when that's going to come out, by the way. Just sometime this year. Uh, at least, I mean, it looked like it was pretty done. Yes, it you, looks very you know, good. At least it look it looks good. It's very polished. Animal Crossing. All right. And we won't spend too much time here. We'll let the we'll let the guys over at Dad Crossing dissect this. <laughs> Animal Crossing's brand new update drops next week. I suspect June for or July first mm-hmm. uh, or July second, which would be a Thursday, which is normal time to eShop updates. And uh is bringing with it the normal new bugs, new fish, new whatever, and freaking diving finally and finally. Not, i'm not just talking about you're not just going to wade into the water no your character runs and does a freaking cannonball flip into the water yes i love this <laughs> so fun uh, as if i didn't actually, have enough square footage to explore every day actually exactly <laughs> right i did see somebody on uh twitter ask this question i want to say it was uh Backlog Busters, uh, one of the guys from Backlog Busters, uh, he said, so now that I can jump in and out of the water, I don't need a vaulting pole or bridges anymore, right? (laughs) And my response to him was, no, because Animal Crossing. Well, I think the thing is, too, is the you can't swim in the rivers. You swim in the ocean because the ocean's where you get the sea life and you dive into it. And that's where you're getting. So you that's get, the other thing, but, too. But you get to the river and it's like, whoop, nope, I can't, nope, can't do that. There. Can't go in there. It's, it's probably no, the it's dirty. It's dirty. It's a dirty river. It's all the fall off and stuff. It's no, you don't want that. There was an. Uh, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's been patched up by now, but that was an early bug in the game that would let you. Walk in the rivers and into the ocean. You couldn't Whoa, do anything with what? it. Yeah. Game, Game Explained did a video showing it off. It required. I love it. It required two people in your island, and you do something. You basically clip through a table while sitting huh. on a something specific. It was some. So so let's I don't know how they figured real quick it out. What's in here? Swimming in the ocean, diving for sea creatures, which was one of my favorite things to do. By the way, love in it. New Leaf, I love going to the island and diving. Uh, sea creatures can be donated to the museum for display. They'll actually just go in the actual aquatic display that's already there. It's not opening mm-hmm. up anything new. Um, when you do dive in the sea, uh, Pascal, the creepy otter, is going to pop up. Just he's not creepy. Up. I love Pascal, man. I love he's it. Laid back. Like, he's laid like, back. He's like, they're diving, and he just pops up. He's <laughs> like, ooh. I know someone just found something. <laughs> it was super creepy. Uh, and and Gulliver is now yes. a pirate. Which Gulliver I can't wait pirate. because what that says to me is that there's going to be a pirate set. Because the, you can go back to the old Animal Crossing games. There were always pirate-like items. There was a pirate flag, the cannonball, the barrel. Oh, yeah. The ship, the ship deck and the ship floor. And this, it seems like, 
is going to replace, they haven't shown anything yet, but it seems like it's going to replace how Gulliver gives you the worldly items, like all the different world market, market items from all the other countries. Um, I think he's going to give you pirate items and like pirate DIYs. And if that is the case, and we're getting like masks and all this other really cool stuff, I am so excited. I seriously so could not be more excited. I'm, 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 too, I'm super on board with that. Yes. Except for the fact that I don't have all the world items yet. I want uh, more of those. Like I have the giant well, Moa head and I have the North Pole and the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Like I want more. At the end of I didn't this even know presentation, you can get these things. Yes. So at the end of this presentation, though, they mentioned that there's going to be another summer update coming in August with like fireworks and everything else. Obviously, there have been rumors of a museum shop. That's been a big thing that people have talked about with the early data mines is that there might be a museum shop coming to the game. I would imagine that the museum shop would regularly sell the world market items that Gulliver would give you. That would make a lot of sense. And if that's the case, right, then yeah, Gulliver it, it does, being replaced with the pirate stuff gives you that however many months when he washes ashore for you to get the pirate it, stuff. It, I, I want to notice in our notes right here that uh, before we get um, actually again, uh, July 3rd is the is the update day. Yes. Yes. July 3rd, July 3rd is the official. So, yes. uh, and that's next Friday. Yeah. So we're Can't getting Min Min and brand new Animal Crossing same week update when we and and, and two. Also asks if uh, you, he'll still get rusty parts off of them. Probably. I would bet. I'd imagine. So I bet yeah, it's the same. Yeah, yeah. Probably the same thing because y'all, I need so many rusty parts. If you're sitting out there and you're a listener of Nintendo Dads and you have rusty parts that you don't want anything to do with, <laughs> uh, I would gladly take them because I'm trying to build the robots. Of course. And you you have to get 30 rusty parts. I have five. Yeah, I think oh I God. have All right. I think yeah, I have I four. Have uh, and <laughs> so there's the a trick is, to this. Do you know do you know what you're supposed to do? No, no, don't well, tell me. Here's please. the trick. This is how you get a lot of them. When you go to Gulliver and he has you dig up the little pieces of his phone, all you do is instead of giving him the pieces, you put the five pieces inside of your storage and you wait a day. And what happens is they become rusty parts. So that's a good way to like hoard a lot of them is anytime oh, you see okay. Gulliver, instead of actually fixing his thing, I mean, he's going to be stranded on the island, but he'll eventually come back. It's not a huge deal. But if you don't give him back the little um, items that you dig up from the beach and you put them in, those become rusty parts. So the second day, like if he's there, is he there the next day? No, no. No, he leaves. Okay. He leaves. So, yeah. so basically what you're doing is you're trading rusty parts for a world item. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. I don't know if how oh, true gotcha. this is, but I heard if you have multiple people on your island, you can f dig up five parts per you person. You can. That's also true, too. Yes. Yes. So, so you can uh, have easy five way. and five, ten, get them both there, put them in your storage, have your friend, you know, put the other five with you. I love it. You immediately have ten, three I've times Gulliver's that. there, you I've got your robot. Yeah. Also, needing the rocket recipe. So if anybody can build me a rocket. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't have that. <laughs> if anybody can build me a rocket, I've got – I think that I have the star pieces. I just need the rocket. And see, like coming into my island, I have Godzilla on one side and I want the, the robot on the other. Nice, this nice a way to come in. So anyway, totally that that has nothing to do with anything. But I, I would love a museum shop. I think that each month at the start of the month when this thing drops, uh, it pulls me right back into Animal Crossing. Of course. I think it's a brilliant strategy that they do this game. Uh, and don't let me forget to mention to you. I don't want to forget to mention that uh, Pascal, you can donate or you can use the things that you dig up in the ocean 
to trade for him for mermaid parts. Right. So right. you can get like a whole mermaid themed house and mermaid clothes yep. and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, I will tell you that I have very much neglected Reese and Cyrus this morning, this, this month, <laughs> because it's just boring. It's oh, wow. Fun. See, it's fun for me. I like See, going. I, I, did, a, I did it once and never went back. Days. Wow. Well, and I th also think the wedding set stuff is really ugly. Oh, what? You could customize yeah. it like an amazing because all of the wedding I, at first I wasn't a huge fan either. Um, mm -hmm. But you can customize the colors of almost everything in the wedding set. And I mean, some of the, like the, the wedding table thing, one of the colors for it just looks like a nice restaurant table. It doesn't look like a wedding oh. table. The flowers you can customize, the the uh, literally everything that's in the set well, outside thanks, of I think the organ. Thanks for telling me this because now well, I'm going to have to wait till next June to right. take more wedding photos. Right, that, it's a whole it's a whole nother year. But anyway, that comes yeah. out next week too. Uh, so uh, really cool week for Nintendo. It would be yeah. awesome if they would just drop something else. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, and and they 2D Metroid announcement would be really cool. I'd like that a lot. A what? 2D Metroid announcement. Yes. Yeah, Metroid Dread, where are you at? Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it while we're <laughs> while we're pieing the sky dreaming. Roger, you know what? I, we didn't we we didn't go back. I said we were gonna talk about this. I'm scrolling through my notes. Sure, sure, sure. We didn't talk about who we thought who's next up in Smash. Okay. Um I think Paper Mario's got a really good shot. Paper Mario. And yeah. then we kind of got off track. We started yeah. talking about something else. You said Paper Mario, maybe a Geno costume there. Yes. Uh, yeah. And you to the fact that you think this is probably going to be more first-party focused. I think so. Yeah, I think they, they also have a lot of stuff to push right now. And I think the big thing that a lot of people are sleeping on and aren't necessarily talking about is, bro, like a Pokemon is going to happen. It's, go it's inevitable. Just like how people were disappointed with Fire Emblem in Pass 1, they are going to do the same thing with – and I wasn't because I like Fire Emblem and I like Pokemon. But I think we're going to get well, – who would you say, Garbodor? Garbodor. No, we're not getting Garbodor, no. <laughs> but I, I think uh, Urshifu, who is the evolved form of Kubfu, which has the G-Max form, which is a style change character between fighting and water and dark. Um, it makes a lot of sense. It promotes the DLC. It's Sword and Shield rep. It's a fighting character, which already makes sense within the context of Smash Bros. And the idea of what the stage would be very clear it's going to be the wild area you'll have the wild area either the isle of armor or the actual wild area in the game you see the raid dens in the background with the giant pink lines coming out of the ground and then every once in a while you see the thunderstorm and giant pokemon dynamax in the background to attack this stage and then it goes back to normal you're flying on the back of the corvanite taxi i mean it's there like the stage is so, there like i'm thinking like a, a moving stage of course like super mario of course. 3D land yes yes where yes, it's a moving I love stage. That. You're on you're it. on the back of the Corviknight taxi and you're going through the wild area. I mean that's like that's that's something that I truly truly believe is going to happen. Um, and I actually think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I don't think they're going to wait until the ending to do Urshifu, even though they're the newest character, um, like timeline wise we would assume. Um, but I think it'll happen probably before the next generation of Pokemon happens. Do, I think they'll want think, to get it out while the DLC's still hot. Do, do you think that from now on they're going to make an announcement like they've done this time, which is no. like it's coming and it's an arms character. No, I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is I think they wanted to temper expectations for the first character in this pack because the first one started with Joker. And obviously that was a huge deal and people were let down. A lot of people were let down, not me, but a lot of people were let down by Byleth at the end of Fighter Pass 1. Um, and I think they wanted to set expectations to be like, look, this is going to be like a Dante or a Sora or a Master Chief or a Crash Bandicoot. Just wait. It's going to be an arms character. And I think the other thing is, too, is by not announcing what arms character it was, 
was it made the trailer a lot more fun because then you see the characters fighting over it going who's it going to be who's it going to be um and so i actually think in in the long run even though i thought it was weird that they did it i do think that it was actually a pretty smart decision um now as for the next pokemon no i think that would they're not going to say the next fighter will be a pokemon from sword and shield i think most definitely they'll be like it's urshifu from the isle of armor you know and that's that um I don't. Again, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. I don't think it would be at the end. And then, yeah, I think Paper Mario has a very, very good shot. I think a lot of people sleep on that choice, but the way that they're pushing the Paper Mario franchise right now and making a new game, it just seems highly likely um, that Paper Mario is something they would want to do. Who would obviously play very different. That's something Sakurai is always looking for: is characters that play different than anyone else on the roster. Um, I think some people make a joke that like he could be an echo of Game and Watch, but really, there's a lot more to Paper Mario they could do. Um, and we'll see. I see Mecha Dragon going. It's not going to be him. We'll see. Come back to this in at the end of Challenger Pack Two. I've been right before. I feel so, pretty strongly Paper Mario is going to happen. Well, so the other, the other prediction... I would say I would rather have it be Gino, though. To be completely honest, I'd rather it be Gino as a Mario RPG rep. So you had a prediction of a future me costume. Yes. How about this one? You know, if they do Urshifu as the main fighter, have a Kubfu as the me fighter. Exactly. You have a cute little Kubfu as the brawler. Adorable. See? Jesse, you, you get the idea. You're, you're, you very, get what I'm going for. <laughs> a very crowd-pleasing Me Fighter costume would be Hop. So we could yes. just beat the ever-loving crap out of it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw one out there that maybe some people are going to be upset by. Um, but I actually think in terms of the really like detailed Me Fighters, things along the line of Vault Boy, Cuphead, and uh, Sans – I hate to do this to you guys. I feel pretty strongly one of them is going to be Crash Bandicoot. And I think what they're going to do is they're literally going to do the Crash Bandicoot. You know the iconic Crash Bandicoot like mascot outfit? I think it's going to be that. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a <laughs> me brawler outfit or something with that, the Crash Bandicoot look, outfit. That's my guess. Do Crash, if they don't do Crash as a full-on DLC character, that is acceptable. Yeah. That is yeah. very he, he needs acceptable. a megaphone. Oh, he will, of course. Yeah, yeah, I'll have the megaphone in one hand or something, and I'll have the, you know, the full mascot. So outfit. I'm gonna, I'm going to throw this out here, and I th- and like Roger and I were talking about this before the show. Uh, you know, this this DLC pack is six characters and not five. Yes. Right now, if you want to nitpick, you could almost say that Piranha Plant was number one. You could for the last one. You could. And yeah, it was it, fighters it, it, as well. The difference is, it was it was free for early pit buyers and was not part of the fighter pass. Sure, right. But so other right. than that, yeah, total of twelve DLC characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really feel like, and it's just this, just me, and maybe it's just hopefulness. Whatever that number eleven, they're gonna wait till the very end. And they're gonna they're gonna get my boy out of the out of the out of the box. They're, he's Waluigi. gonna get out of the assist trophy. Waluigi is is I'm praying to all to Miyamoto to everyone that it this is it. Because here's the thing, you know, you start to piece a few things together. Nintendo suggests the characters, right? Right. Right. Nintendo suggests the characters. We get that. Sakurai said. The first five DLC characters were already selected by the time that they announced the DLC. Yes, yes. There was some lead time between DLC 1 announcement and DLC 2 announcement. During that time, president of Nintendo of America, Reggie fils at the time said, and I quote, Waluigi fans, we hear you. Right. 
<laughs> we hear you. I mean, it would so, make for a great trailer if you hope. get the. I could I could see the trailer now, right? Where it's like a standard Smash Bros. match, and you have these characters fighting, and one of them picks up the assist trophy, and and it doesn't work, and they're like shaking it, and they're doing stuff to it, and they're like, "What the heck?" And then you see the crack on the assist trophy, and it breaks, and then Waluigi punches through, and it's like Waluigi breaks free or something. Is his? Yes. Like I, I I could totally see that happening. However. I'm going to one-up you because I have a very strong prediction for who I believe is the last character. Now, you look at the third parties that are already, you know, have characters in Smash Bros. You've got Sega, including Atlas, right, (laughs) with Sonic and Bayonetta and Joker. You've got Namco with Pac-Man. You've got Capcom with Ryu and Ken and Mega Man. You've got all these these third parties. And then you've got Microsoft right there. And we have Cuphead as a Mii Fighter outfit. We have Banjo-Kazooie as a fighter. And we have, coming later this year a new Xbox alongside a new Halo game. Now, Nintendo chooses the fighters. Of course, they say that, of course. However, Nintendo is well aware of the fact that if they were to put Master Chief in Smash Bros, the internet would break. That would be on the level of a Sora-type announcement. And Microsoft, of course, wants people to play their games, and they know what a huge deal Halo is. And of all of the characters, people suggest Doom Guy and all these other shooter characters, of all the characters that could realistically, feasibly, be put into the game as sort of a T-for-teen type fighter, right? The one with the most cartoony items, the most iconic items, would be Master Chief. He's got the Needler, he's got the Banshee, he's got the Energy Sword. There's a lot of stuff that he can do that isn't just pulling out a giant, you know, gun. There, there are colorful, wacky type things he could do. Let me tell you this. Also, yes, Halo, to uh, talk to Jose in the chat right now, Halo is the only, discounting Banjo, the only major Microsoft IP that Japan cares about at all. It's the only one. Now, yeah. now, think of all this. Think of the trailer. Think of that first trailer for Halo 3. What was the tagline for the trailer? Do you remember? To finish the fight? You got it. Now, picture this. You get the opening of the trailer. We find out the final fighter. You have something going over, you know, going over the, the, the earth. And you hear, ah. Then you, see, then you hear Cortana. Chief. Chief, there's an incoming transmission. Chief, do you hear me? Chief, wake up. Ah. It cuts to the thing. Master Chief walks out. Chief, Chief, can you hear me? It's an incoming transmission. They want to fight. What are we going to do? Things are, you know, they, they bring up World of Light or something where there's the battles, whatever. What are you going to do? Listen, Chief. And he goes, I'm going to finish the fight. Bum, 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 bum. Splash screen. Mas- literally, Master Chief finishes the fight metaphorically and also literally because he'd be the last character in the DLC. He'd be the last fighter, right? Boom. Master Chief finishes the fight. You see all the different, you know, visuals of the energy sword, the you know, all the different iconic weapons. His final smash with Guilty Spark. I mean, everything. There are so many things they could do. Cortana is the spirit board thing, the arbiter. I mean, it is the only other major shooter franchise that realistically makes sense, especially considering one more thing to this. When you look at the M-rated franchises that are in the game, there's only one that is referred to by name, and that is Bayonetta. Now, if you look at the other ones, things like the Vault Boy costume that came in the game, they didn't refer to it as Smash Bros. X Fallout. They did Smash Bros. X Vault Boy. Now, this is only in North America this happens. This has not happened anywhere else. All the other countries did it where it's the actual franchise in Smash Bros. But 
Altair. When Altair was introduced as a me fighter, it was Smash Bros. X Altair. It was not Smash Bros. X Assassin's Creed in North America. Halo, on the other hand, is a franchise much like Bayonetta in because it is cartoony, because it is not super serious. And again, Halo still has a grittiness to it, but it's Think of like the saturated colors of Halo, right? It's not like a dark world. It's not like you're literally in hell fighting demons like Doom. It's not like a Call of Duty character or something. It's something that is a little bit more fantasy than something else um, that you might assume to be in the game. And so I feel like with all of those things working in the favor, with the tagline that finishes the fight, also knowing, you know, we have uh, that giant mural of all the characters that always gets updated every time there's a new character. We got one with Min Min too. They never said at the end of it, like, oh, this is it. Everyone is here. They've never done that. They're waiting for the last character. And then they'll eventually put that on the Twitter account like they've always been doing. And it will say everyone is here. Or it could say the fight is finished. And you see all the characters in Master Chief's the last one. There's And, and Microsoft is in the game already. They don't need to negotiate with another company. It's a third party that's already existing in the franchise. There's a lot of stuff. People Roger, say I'm crazy Roger, bringing this I up. I'm this. telling you, bro. I love it. I'm like, telling you. I, I did not expect to hear this when I woke up this morning. I know. And now I'm here for it. Like, I, I know. Yes. Let's do I know. it. Let's put Master Chief in Halo. Let's just go ahead and say, let's just let it be Paper Mario, Crash Bandicoot. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, Master Chief, Waluigi. That's four. We've got one more. Who? I mean, they could. Do, there's any number of third parties. The, the, they could the do 2B. The chat the says uh, Fizamek. Fizamek, the Reggie Fizamek. <laughs> I'm going to tell you one I think is likely. All okay. Right? I think uh, one I think is likely based off uh, what we've seen already in Smash is sure. some kind of Monster Hunter representation. I completely, that's literally where I was going to go with Capcom because, again, if you look at the characters and the franchises that are already existing within the world of Smash Bros. that don't have representation or have had previous representation, Monster Hunter had a Mii Fighter costume in Smash 4. There have been multiple Capcom reps confirmed for Smash Ultimate. We have not yet seen a Mii Fighter costume for Monster Hunter. Based on the timeline of games that are coming out, there is go- it's not even like a question. They've confirmed this. There is a Monster Hunter game in development for Switch. We don't know what type of game it is. We don't know when it's coming it's out. It's a Monster Hunter character. It's it's yeah. It's I mean, there's a game coming to Switch at some point. There's yeah. there's a time to promote it. We haven't seen the Mii Fighter outfit yet. Rathalos is already a boss. I mean, all they need to do is make a stage, make an assist trophy like Cha Cha or something, and put in the monster hunter. And then the whole thing with the character, right. Is that you could have for all the alternate costumes, you have the different armor sets. You have Zenogar, you have Rathalos, you've got all the iconic Brachiados, whatever you have the iconic armor sets. And there you go. Yep. And I, I also, I also don't think I'm seeing some people in the chat saying the switch game will be a watered down monster hunter world. I don't think that's the case. I think monster hunter world is its own thing. I think that there are two different directions they're taking the franchise. They've always done this. It's just now a lot more clear, right? They had the portable games with PSP, and then they had the main numbered games for consoles. Well, now you've got World on consoles and PC, and then you continue down that line of Iceborne and World 2 or whatever. And then you have the portable series, which is a more traditional, doesn't have all of the streamlined quality of life stuff that World has, which can be continued on the Switch. And then again, you cross sense. it over with the fighter, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, it makes. And Capcom's in the game already again. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, we've talked enough about Smash. 
<laughs> it's probably some people who are Master like, Chief, I'm telling enough, you. It's, it's enough when, this hey. was recorded. This was recorded on June 25th, 2020. I will say, come back to this. If by this, I, in fact, I will make this promise. I will make this promise. Clip this, whatever. If by December 31st, 2021, Master Chief is not yet confirmed as a playable character in Smash Bros, I will donate a $100 eShop credit to your audience. Wow. Okay. Jesse, you run that Come down? back to it. Yep. Write it down. Write it down. June 25th, Clip it. Roger promises $100 eShop credit of Master Chief. By the end, game. yeah. By, by the, the end, end of the next, or that by the end of the next DLC. So, because they said the DLC ends by 2021. So if the sixth challenger, if not before then or whatever, it could be before then, it could be the last one, whatever. If by the end of this fighter pass, we don't have Master Chief, I will donate $100 of eShop credit to your audience. Gotcha. That's you can awesome. do whatever, give away whatever. I'll do two fifty dollars cards, whatever. However you want to sparse it out, I'll do it. Generous, generous. There you go. I, I you, you've made me a believer. I'm, I'm just saying. It. <laughs> I'm you telling know. you, man, it's there. The uh, signs are there, and people are ignoring it. Let's run down the rest of this news really quickly. The New Game Plus Expo uh, was this week, and tons of Switch announcements coming out of this. Uh, I'm just going to run down some yeah, of these I'd names. Like, I'd say things. about 80% of the show was had Switch reps in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that, well, I was kind of hey, surprised. That, now we know what uh, Nintendo's doing for the rest of 2020. Uh, <laughs> Harvest Moon One World is uh, coming out fall 2020. Uh, Tin and Kuna fall 2020. Billion Road uh, is, re- is a game that was released April of this year. Uh, it's on Nintendo Switch for $23.99 right now. That's 40% off. Yep. Uh, one game that I really was interested in, Fight Crab. Uh, which yes, is, that looks uh, a lot of fun, actually. July 30th, 2020. It comes out soon on Nintendo Switch, I would guess, probably August, September for that. Uh, they announced Samurai Showdown DLC. Of course, the new Samurai Showdown is on Switch already, and that DLC dropped yesterday as of this recording. Uh, ReZero, Starting Life in Another World, The Prophecy of the Throne, Winter 2020. It's Fall weird when the... The, the the title has a subtitle in it, and then the game has a subtitle to the subtitled title. Yep. <laughs> no, it's going to be a good game. Uh, Fallen Legion Revenants Early 2021. Uh, King of Fighters R2, which is a port of the Neo Geo Pocket Color selection yes. that's exclusive to Nintendo Switch. By the way, there's your King of Fighters game to support Terry. There you uh, go. July 2020. Uh, other Neo Geo Pocket Color selection titles will be available this summer as well. Also, Legend of Heroes Trials of Cold Steel 4 coming to Nintendo Switch in 2021. And Trials of Cold Steel 3 comes out um, next Tuesday on Nintendo yeah, Switch. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they announced Not 4 bad. and 3 isn't even out here yet. Right. Uh, Cafe Enchante, which is a Nintendo Switch exclusive fall 2020. Escape from Asura 2021. And I love this one. Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 coming soon. Really cool. I love pretty cool. I love the first Curse of the Moon. It's a better Castlevania than most Castlevania games. I see. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh Fairy Tale, July 31st. Samurai Showdown Neo Geo Collection. Yes. Love this. Absolutely. Seven games with museum artwork and other bonus features out in July, July 28th. Uh P.O. Fior, Faded Memories, Nintendo Switch Exclusive Fall 2020, Pretty Princess yep. Party. Coming fall 2020. Can't wait. Game of the year. Yeah, Game of the year. It's right exclusive. There. Uh, Shiren, the Wanderer, the Tower of Fortune, and the Dice of Fate. A roguelike, which means I'll be buying it probably. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, montage uh, was then shown. These games, we don't know if they're coming to the Switch or not. 
Uh, but I just want to hit some notables here on this one. Shantae and the Seven Sirens we know is already out. Uh, also, RPG Maker MV, Prinny 1-2 exploded and reloaded. <laughs> That's probably coming to Switch. Uh, and then one more thing announced for the Switch was Ease 9 Monstrum Knox, which will be coming to Switch uh, in 2020. Ease 8 is great, so I'm happy to see Ease 9. I was shocked there was no Sega, um, like big Sega announcement in this, considering it was Sonic's anniversary. And they said that they're specifically going to announce a new mainline Sonic game. Where was that? I mean, everybody was talking about that being the big reveal here, and that didn't happen. So that was I'm a bit of a go bummer. Back and pl- try Ease 8 again. You know, I, 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 well, I, it's a good game. I, I, I played it originally. This got like the tutorial section done, and then yeah. kind of never did, but we went back into it. Roger, yeah. there was no Sonic re- um, announcement because Sonic Mania 2 is not done yet. Oh, I hope uh, so. I, I can't wait, man. If they actually are they just Sonic let Mania that guy make so the mainline happy. games. Yeah. Let him yeah. do it. Yeah. Let him or, do it. Really just make Mania the new mainline because I'm cool with it. I love the mix of nostalgia and also new stuff. And I think it'd be mm-hmm. so fascinating to see them do like a Sonic Mania 2, but with the, the stages that are like return stages being stages from 3D Sonic games retooled for Ooh. 2D. You'd get like Escape yes. from the City from Sonic Adventure 2 or Pumpkin Hill from Sonic Adventure 2 or the um, the area with like the whale chasing you in Sonic Adventure 1, Sunset Hills or whatever. That like so that cool. would be um, – but all in 2D and pixel art and stuff. That would be yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me want to go play Sonic Mania again. I'm probably going to do it's that. It's a great game. Uh, some great other game. game releases and announcements we want to hit. Star Wars Episode One uh, Pod Racer released Tuesday, $15. Uh, yes. It's getting some pretty good press. Um, yeah, I love it. Good. Pretty good excitement on there. Also, out of nowhere, Duke Nukem 3D 20th Anniversary <laughs> World Tour released on the Switch on Tuesday for five bucks. It's fifty percent off right now. If you're uh, looking for um, <laughs> your '90s uh, rude and crude shooter nostalgia fix, Duke Nukem is uh, your thing. We're going to talk about this a little bit later on. But Pokemon Cafe Mix also released uh, this week. Uh, and its microtransactions are now live. Happy day. Uh, yeah, when I did a live stream um, the night it went live, but yeah. but the microtransactions weren't live yet. Right. Mm. So. Also released this week, uh, Ninjala turned its servers on on Wednesday, I believe. Uh, Wednesday night. It was, well, last night, I guess, because we're this Thursday. But it wasn't until like 9 p.m. But for yeah. some reason, I managed to get in at 8 I, I bought the story <laughs> DLC and I got in and started playing. Uh, we'll talk a lot about Ninjala when we talk about what we've been playing. Uh, but one other thing I wanted to mention here, um, and we'll move on. Mixer announced this week that they yes. will close down on July 22nd. Microsoft streams will then be integrated with Facebook gaming. Uh, what's interesting about this is if you guys remember, Ninja had an exclusive contract with Mixer and he will now be what is quote unquote the world's first free agent streamer. Not right. that he has to stream anymore. He's he's yeah. Well, yeah. no, because that, that came out of the that came out of the article because there were some people saying his contract carries over with Facebook gaming. It does not. His his contract is null and void with the death of Mixer, meaning that he and he already got paid the money. So he got paid whatever astronomical amount of money that he did to jump to Mixer, and then now after eight months, he's only been doing it for eight months. He literally can go to whatever platform he wants, and it doesn't matter what he streams. He could play whatever he wants. if He he doesn't even need to stream if he doesn't want to. I'm sure he's going to want to stay relevant because he enjoys streaming and it's fun. But 
He doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, he so, could literally just do an Instagram live and be like, hey, everybody, just checking in. How's everyone doing? See you later. And that's it. Yeah, yeah I don't remember what he, what he made originally, but the you know, the rumors are his, his uh, the the end the contract termination bonus he got is like thirty million. Yes, yeah, which 20 is to thirty million unreal. <laughs> to go, twenty yeah. or thirty million to go to Mixer. Yeah, and then yeah. that termination bonus on top of that. Plus, in twenty eighteen, he made ten million before he even yeah. moved over. So he's got man. money. Don't oh, worry yeah. about Ninja. He'll be fine. He's, be, I was going to say, he's honestly, pretty smart, too, because I think he still lives in, like, he still lives in Illinois. I know he's, like, in Southern Illinois, because um, I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, Jay Witz, so one of my buddies from the Pokemon Cypher, went to the same high school as him. And he always brings up the fact that, like, yeah, Ninja, he's been saving his money. He's been doing all this streaming, right? He's going to all these events and things, but he's not, like, living to this other, He's you know, not like this lavish life Kardashian. Exactly. Right. Exactly. He's not living in like some $60 million mansion in LA. He's still like living in Illinois and saving his money. So it's cool. So yeah. He's, he's being smart. Yeah. Is uh, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well guys, that's our news this week. Uh, let's talk about something that our good friend, uh, Tim off brought up, uh, in our let's discuss segment this week. Do it. All right, so Tim brought it to our attention this week that the nominees uh, for the 2020 World Video Game Hall of Fame came out, were released this week. Uh, entering the Video Game Hall of Fame uh, will be Bejeweled, Silly, King's Quest, and uh, Minecraft. Rightfully so on that one. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. this uh, emerged from a field of 12 finalists, which also included Frogger, Goldeneye, Guitar Hero, NBA Jam, Super Smash Brothers Melee, Uncharted 2, Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, and everyone's <laughs> favorite game, Nokia Snake. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking about this probably almost a year ago, I think, when the yeah. nominations came up. Yeah. I don't remember how long so ago. So those four was. games, Bejeweled, Centipede, King's Quest, Minecraft, they're going in the World Video Game Hall of Fame. Tim's question was this. If there was a Nintendo Dad's video game Hall of Fame, which there should be, mm. what first six would be inducted? One mm. for each Nindad and a special guest, if there is one. Well, since there's only three of us this week, we'll be revisiting this question next week yeah. uh, with Justin and Gary. Yeah, Tim's uh, already given us his answer. And Tim's I was trying to answer. get information from Gary, knowing he wasn't going to be here, and he didn't respond. Yeah. So we'll, we'll so, yeah, talk to him. Roger, here's here. what we're going to do. We're going to let you think okay. on this for a minute. Okay. As okay. our guest, well, you usually go to throw to you first, but I understand this. Yeah, I got to think about it. Question. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, what game would you put in the Nintendo Dad's video game Hall of Fame? So, you know, Nintendo's primary mascot is Mario. Where did he get his start? Donkey Kong. That's my that's my nomination. Donkey Kong eighty of nineteen eighty one. Okay, it's good. Mine is if anybody is knows me well enough, knows the show, knows what I is about to come out of my mouth. It's Mega Man two. Hmm. It's got to be Mega Man two. Uh, if you distill the essence of Mega Man down into one game, like the greatest Mega Man game of all time, it's Mega Man two. I don't know anybody 
that really will argue with that all that much. I know some people say three is better, um, but Mega Man 2, it just, it had everything. And I know that like the slide and the charge shot and all that came later, but as far as, as like, if you look at the first Mega Man to the second one, the evolutionary step forward in the game formula was so great between one and two. Uh, and just the overall presentation and everything, it's got to be Mega Man 2. There's other games that I think would go in here, and maybe we need to do this once a year, and we need to enter a game every year. Yeah, there you go. One, do a Hall of Grace. first one has got to be, for me, Mega Man 2. Uh, for Tim, his answer, and I love this answer too, is uh, a legend, The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Wow, okay. And arguably one of the greatest Zelda adventures ever created. It's fantastic. We'll let Tim talk about why he nominated that next week. But Roger, it's your turn. Yeah. What game are you putting in the Nintendo Dads video game Hall of Fame? It's funny because you said, oh, I'll give you a chance to think about it. And really, I like knew almost immediately what I would answer. And that's Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. Um, Super Metroid to me is video gaming distilled into like the best possible one day experience, right? You could sit and take as much time as you want to go through Super Metroid, or you can speed run through the game. The the exploration, the world building, the story that it tells without actually having to tell a story at all, like the things that happen in the background with animals that show up that you can eventually save, or like the way that certain characters will show you how to do new techniques, The everything about it. I, Super Metroid is to this day like my favorite game of all time, which is insane because I grew up in the N64 generation. I never had a Super Nintendo growing up. I played Super Metroid for the first time when I was in college on the Wii Virtual Console. So I, I was not somebody who grew up with Super Metroid, but playing that game for the first time, you know, midway through the Wii generation and going, oh my God, this is a game that is better than anything that's on this video game system I'm playing on. And it was made all those years ago and, and playing through it every single year. And still discovering new things about it and, you know, finding new ways to actually traverse through the world. The, the music in Super Metroid, the, the atmosphere, everything about it is just the best. Absolutely the best. So that would be my choice, Super Metroid. Uh, so, wow. So people in the Super... someone in the chat asked if Oregon Trail was in the Hall of Fame. So I looked it up and they, it was inducted in 2016. Oregon Trail? <laughs> Oregon yeah. Trail. Hey, needs Don hey. Donkey yeah. Kong was, put, was inducted in 2017. No doubt. Yeah, well, this, Donkey Kong, I'm this sure. This is the Nintendo Dads video game Hall of Fame. Get that Oregon Trail garbage <laughs> out of here. <laughs> I was – I almost – I when you first said it, right, there's always three games that come to mind. I'll save the other third one, not the one I'm going to bring up right now for later because um, people might you know, want to watch a later video. But the other game that came to mind after you said that was Metal Gear Solid, the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, but that's not a Nintendo game. It's a PlayStation game, so – I reserved <laughs> saying it, but Metro. I still say to this day, like I said, Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time. I, I had to go with it. On yeah. top of that, too, you see the way that Super Metroid has influenced so many games today, right? The whole like the Metroidvania type of playstyle action platformer, right? Like things like Hollow Knight wouldn't exist if not for Super Metroid. I would argue Castlevania Symphony of the Night wouldn't exist without Super Metroid. I think there's a lot of games in that genre that would not be the same if Super Metroid was not a game that was ever released. So, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's that is such a super smart, super good choice. I love it. Uh, let's talk about a couple of events coming up, too. Awesome. So, uh, coming up 
Next weekend, also July 3rd, same day that the uh, Animal Crossing update drops, Tetris 99 will host the 14th Maximus Cup, which features Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Uh, That will be from July 3rd to 12 a.m. or or July 3rd at 12 a.m. Pacific Time through July 6th at uh, 11.59 Pacific Time. You get 100 points. You get your Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition theme. And as we've seen so far, uh, these themes do not come back. No. So if you don't get them, it sucks. So be sure to log on, play some Tetris. Also, Pokemon Go's fourth anniversary weekly challenges uh, will start on Friday, July 3rd, with the last one event, uh, last event ending on the 23rd, in time for Pokemon Go Fest 2020 to start the weekend of the 25th. All right, guys, Roger's got just a few more minutes with us, so let's talk about what we've been playing. Who wants to go? <laughs> All right, Roger, you are up first. What right. have you been playing lately? Because you said at the start of the show, you've been playing a ton of good stuff. So let us play a lot of stuff. Uh, Bug Fables. I started two weeks ago and I absolutely love it. I think it's like exactly the type of Paper Mario experience that i've been wanting for a long time it's on switch uh i actually you brought it up earlier star wars episode one racer i bought that on a whim and i think we talked about this in the pre-show i was mentioning this to jesse i had um twenty dollars of eShop credit and i saw that it was thrown up there i remember loving that game on n64 and i thought well why not you know what i'm gonna impulse buy it i love star wars and man that game has aged beautifully it really has. Like, obviously, the menus, because it wasn't a full remaster, are still a little pixelated, and there's certain assets that don't really look great. But when you're actually in the races, and you're flying through these environments, and it's still blazingly fast, and you've got that awesome, epic Star Wars soundtrack, the fully orchestrated soundtrack playing in the background, plus you've got the motion controls, it's, like, absolutely well worth the $14. I highly recommend that if you ever enjoyed the original game, um, being able to play it on the go and having the extra, you know, motion control stuff. And it's split screen. So it's a game that today still to this day you could play on the couch if you wanted to have two people over and you know pod race with each other you could so i've been really loving that i I really love that i and i'm going to say some controversial because of course whenever you guys bring me on i always have to say something controversial Uh, i actually think that star wars episode one racer is a better game than any f-zero game any of them I think it's better than the entire franchise. I think it succeeds in doing what F-Zero tries to do with blazingly fast speed and like you this neck breaking sort of action where you're doing these twists and turns. I just feel like Episode One Racer back when it first came out in 99 did it better. And uh, and yeah, playing it again on Switch has proven that that's still the case to this day. (laughs) Um, So I played that. I played through all of Bioshock Infinite. I got the Bioshock collection uh, two weeks ago. Such a good game. Amazing. And I forgot how good it is. Uh, It's been a very long time since I played it. Bioshock is one of my favorite franchises, which is probably weird considering anybody who knows me knows that I'm not really a big violent shooter game type person. Um, But the stories in Bioshock are always what engross me. And I always feel like the violence has a reason for being there. You know what I mean? Like it never feels like it's there for shock value. And uh, man, I mean, just a story in... And Infinite is still great to this day. Um, the, the environments were all really cool to explore playing it in handheld mode. Seeing how well all the Bioshock games have run on Switch in handheld mode has also been a huge treat as well. Um, it's it's really a great port. And all the games still hold up. Uh, I'm going to play through Bioshock 2 next and then Bioshock 1. But I've played Bioshock 2, I think, seven times. So, like, all the way through, 100%. Here's the thing, so. Roger. Like, I... Originally, like when Bioshock first came out, yeah. played it, it did not 
like really hooked me. Mm. But I played Bioshock Infinite and I could not put it down. I know it's awesome. I it's a good game. Like I don't get it. I don't understand. And maybe it was just like uh, improved mechanics or whatever. Or oh, I think the thing is too is the story is very much like you. You follow Booker, right? You start. You follow the story of Booker and Elizabeth. And in the original Bioshock game, you you play as a guy named Jack, right? And you know of this figure, Andrew Ryan, and you know about Rapture, but there's not really those larger than life characters that you actually interact with one-to-one, whereas you've got the Lutesses, you've got Daisy, you've got all these, um, Comstock, of course, Mm -hmm. you've got all these characters at Infinite. It's a really rich cast and you interact with them one-to-one very early on, whereas there's sort of a disconnect in those original Bioshock games. And And I think if you go back and play them, you would probably like them a lot more because I think the other big thing is that Bioshock is so different from a lot of other shooters where you're always dual wielding, always. You always have the supernatural powers in one hand and the weapons in the other. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing about what makes Bioshock gameplay so fascinating is that it isn't just like a regular shooter game. There's all these other mechanics to it where you're throwing around these special powers. And if you're just thrown into that and there's not really a story that's gripping you or there's not characters that you could directly interact with, it's one of those things that I could easily see somebody falling off of it. Um, with that being said, from what I remembered, Infinite was still my least favorite of the three when I played through all three of them. And I really loved Bioshock 2, and I think it's very underrated. But I don't know if I'm going to hold the same um, love for Bioshock 2 going back and playing through it right now, and Bioshock 1 as well. I want to play through the whole trilogy again. But Infinite's the one I got through, and I'm midway through the Burial at Sea DLC right now. So I'm playing through some of the extras content that I actually never got a chance to play through the first time because I just purchased the, the game and never got additional DLC for it. So, yeah. So it's like right now I'm playing through Borderlands and I think I'll probably play through all of that before yeah. I get into some, into those. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably I did, the go collections back and play are so great. Bioshock again, but it, it'll be a while. I've got yeah. lots oh, of I'm games. sure. And I think that's the thing too, is right. All these 2k collections came out at the same time where you have to basically choose, are you Bioshock XCOM or or Borderlands? And you choose one of them. Um, Yeah. But I, I mean, I've been loving playing Bioshock infinite. And I think the other big thing too, is of course, playing a little bit more of arms in the lead up to mid min. I was playing a little bit more the other day, you know, getting back into the online multiplayer and it's still just as good. I mean, it's still, is there still a community of, yeah, of course you could log on and there's always people playing always. That's good. Yeah, that's good. so that's fun. I sold my copy, but I'm probably going to buy it again. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know Wait why I sold like my copy. Discount or something. It was just one of those things where like, it had been sitting in my case for a while, and I was like, you know, I haven't played this in a while. I can yeah. use it for something else. Yeah, yeah. Trade it in a different game. And uh, and then the last thing I've been playing through is Pokemon Cafe Mix. I did about an hour of that earlier on stream today. Me and Jesse were talking about it. And I mean, it's fun. It's a cute little... Um, nice aesthetic puzzle game with Pokemon. And I always love the Pokemon characters and I love the art. So I'll probably just keep playing it on my downtime in between, you know, long gaming sessions with something like Bioshock or Smash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So Jesse, you've been, Roger, tell you what, let's do this right here. I, I know you have to leave and yes. I know that you've got some things you need to do. Yes. We want to thank you for being on the show. Of course, of course. Always for coming over. Uh, tell people where they can find you if they are just being introduced to you for the first time. Sure. You can find me on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, or on Instagram at Rogers Base, R-O-G-E-R-S-B-A-S-E. I do anime and gaming videos every single week in my YouTube channel and I stream usually every other day on Twitch. Um, a variety of either Nintendo games, anime games, whatever. Um, currently, like 
like I said, we're playing through a little bit of Pokemon Cafe Mix. I'm doing a Super Mario Party stream on Tuesday, in which I'll also be giving away three copies of the game, thanks to Nintendo. Hashtag free game. <laughs> um, I'm doing Pokemon Sword playthroughs as well, uh, going through the Isle of Armor. And then, of course, on Monday, I'll be playing through the new Min Min DLC as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Seriously, thank you again for having me on. It's always oh, a pleasure. I, I love yeah. doing stuff with you guys. Nintendo Dads is like one of my favorite things. And if you guys are like, oh, come on and be a guest, I'm always, so long as I'm available, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Throw yes. me in. I love talking to you guys. We so. love to have you guys or to have <laughs> you on. And thanks for the energy you bring to the show, guys. Y'all go check out Roger at all the socials at Roger's Base. Be sure to tune in to his streams and shows. Roger, thanks again for being oh. a part of the show. Like I, I said, have thanks one, again for having me. get one guys. email for Roger. Oh, let's hear it. I'll answer it real quick. From Mecha Dragon 101 it says, The dads told me you like My Hero Academia. So, question. I do. Okay. Who is the best girl and why is it Suyu? Uh, it's not Suyu. It's definitely Miruko. And if you haven't read the manga, you wouldn't know that it's Miruko. But if you've just gotten into the anime or caught up to the anime, Miruko was just introduced in the anime and she absolutely is the best. Miruko is fantastic. She. Well, I don't want to give away too much. I don't want to spoil things because if you if you don't read the manga, I think it's very easy to spoil what happens to her. But Miruko is awesome, and she oh. definitely deserves the title of best waifu. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read the manga, but I I know kind of what's going on. But yeah, and this is going to be an amazing next season. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm reading tomorrow. I'm reading the uh, the new chapter when it drops. It drops at 10 a.m. tomorrow on the Jump app. So I'm doing a live stream and a discussion for it. I can't wait. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for sending in a question, Mecha Dragon Roger. Thanks again for joining us. Of course. Uh, we'll see you next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. Literally hit me up. Let me know. So uh, stay awesome, you guys. All right. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See thanks, you, Roger. Roger. All right. <laughs> uh, so now that he has logged off, we'll continue on with what we've been playing, and we'll round out the show here. Jesse, uh, you've also been playing Pokemon Cafe Mix. You did a stream of it uh, over on Twitch. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game so far? Yeah, so as of the so when I did the stream, I did the first sixteen stages, and I, I liked what I played so far. Everything it uh, I I only had to restart a level I think once, uh, for not for not successfully completing the missions. Then um, I, I, at the end, I said, depending on where the paywall seems to hit, you know, when it want or the difficult or difficulty spikes is probably determine where I'll end up stop playing or not. I again I didn't buy it that night because the the DLC was down, but now that it's up, I did buy like the Pikachu uh, character that can you can have as in the wait staff. I think it was only three dollars, so okay, I'm fine with that. <clears throat> Excuse me, the. Uh, so when I the next day I started playing stage seventeen, and the, this stage is it almost needs an item needs to use an item to complete it the way it's set up. You know I almost beat it with without it, but I think I failed three or four times so far on it. So I'm like okay, if they're already going to throw these these type of levels at me, I'm probably not going to play much longer, but I'll give, you know, I'll, I'll give it another go during my downtime. I'm playing this on my iPad, not on the switch. Yeah. That was actually Roger's uh, issue this morning. He didn't know that it was uh touchscreen only on the switch. So he, so he couldn't, couldn't stream it like he would normally do. He was pretty much streaming himself, playing it on his phone. 
But when I did my stream, I had my iPad attached to an Apple TV and then streaming that. So if you watch our stream, you'll see the game. Awesome. I've been playing this too. Um, it's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't like it didn't. I, it, I played two hours of it yesterday, so it must, I must have liked it enough to put that time into it. Well, you I put think more that time the, uh, into it than I did. Then. The, the chain mechanic, like where you're chaining the things together by dragging through them, is super weird. Like, I didn't expect that, like, all of them were going to move and swirl around to do all kinds of stuff. I thought it was going to be more like the Tsum Tsum games, where it kind of they, they hold until everything pops, and then they fall together. But uh, I played enough to unlock, uh, let's see, I got Mencino and Charmander, and you start out with Eevee, so I, I went through Mencino. And I think I'm on, like, level 14 or whatever. But I go in and read everything, and I don't know if I'll play it for two hours. It may have been one. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'm like you. I'll play it till it gets to where I can't get past the level without pay, spending money, and then I'm done. So Mecca's asking for a quick explanation of the gameplay. It's basically, you know, like um, your normal mastery drop, things drop games. You know, you're, you manipulate the board and manipulate, manipulate the falling piece. But to try to make matches here, you you have like think of it like a bowl of jelly beans, and you're putting your hand through it, mixing it all together, and then all the cult matching colors that you touch will be chained together, and then they'll yeah, all and poof. You, you mentioned too here, you, you, there's a time limit from the time that you first touch the first. Like if you touch, they're all Pokemon heads. All right, so like if you're trying to get all the Pikachu pieces. And you start dragging through Pikachu pieces. You have a little time meter yeah, you, that's you've running got, down. It's like ten seconds, ten or fifteen seconds. And you got you want to try to touch all of them, but everything's like I, the only word that I can think of is, is sloshing around in there. You know, like right. Like in, a bowl of jelly beans is a great illustration, except a little more rubbery. So like and you know, like jelly balls or something like <laughs> you know there. And then once you do that, you're powering up Pokemon to do their special attack, like to get a special cookie. And if you put the two special cookies together, they'll do certain things. And like there's certain parts of the of the level that are boarded off or whatever that you can't get to unless you use the special cookie. Right. And it's, and each each stage has a certain requirement. Like you have like early on you get like sugar cubes that you have to break up. Either by matching uh, the Pokemon heads three times to break it up, or using a, spe a special ability, and then they get more. The, the the extras gets more involved later on. Sometimes it'll say make a combo of fifteen three times, and so that's one of the requirements to pass the level. And then you have a a move limit, like you have you have to do it in less than eight moves, or whatever you know. It varies by stage. Yeah, it's it's good fun. I like the art style on it too. It's it's not your typical Pokemon art style. It's a little more stylized, and I I just think it's pretty cute. Nice little time diversion. Uh, Jesse, have you checked? Does your progress transfer back and forth from Switch to mobile? I don't. I didn't download the Switch version, but I. I don't remember if I actually created an account, so I don't think it does. 
hmm, that's not good. Because <laughs> I'll probably forget that it's on my Switch after a while. Because there's games that I'll literally go, oh, I forgot I had that. So, I don't know, but that's Pokemon Mix. What else have you been playing? Then the last last game I want to talk about is Working Zombies. We got a review code from developer and publisher Jupiter. Uh, I did a video on this as well. And it the when I first saw the game, I'm like, this looks kind of like an overcooked tea type of game. And I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm going to like this. But uh, I, I gave it a try anyway. G- give it a second look and I'm like, okay, this may might look more like a Diner Dash type of game. So... I might I might be okay with this. So it's kind of a combination of the two. So the 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 premise is there's a group of zombies and there's a group of humans and the humans hate the zombies and the zombies are sad. So the zombies realize, hey, if we do jobs to help the humans, then the humans will like us. All of this in just storyboards, no words. And that's kind of where things kind of go start or gets a little annoying because when it tells you how to play the game, it does it in pictures, storyboards only, and no words. Sometimes it isn't very clear. It took me a while to figure out what I really needed to do. So there are uh, four mini games to play, one of which is kind of like Diner Dash. You know, like the, your, uh, running, working on an airplane, uh, t- giving people what they need. So one person says, I want a soda and a newspaper. So you have to run to the soda, start it running. Then you run to the newspaper, pick one. Then you run back to the soda and pick up the dispensed soda because there's, there's a time difference. So there's a lot of things that you have to kind of prepare in advance before you can actually serve it. And then you give it to them and you get the points and then you go on to the next person. And, uh, so that's, Early on, it's pretty manageable. Later on, it gets more confusing. So, but this also is a multiplayer game. You can play up to four people, which then makes it more like overcooked and probably easier to manage if you have if multiple people playing and are able to split the jobs up efficiently. Uh, so, another one, another job is you're working at a daycare, so you have to uh, change dirty diapers. You have to warm up. You have to. If if they're hungry, you have to get a bottle, put it, fill it up with milk, then put it in a heater, then feed them, and then put it in the bottle washer so then you can reuse the bottle later. All while while changing diapers and get this this baby wants a toy, so you pick him the blocks. When he's done playing with the blocks, they'll scatter, and you have to collect all the blocks before before you can give them to another baby who wants to play with blocks next time. That one was got, got on my nerves. The last one is, is that I want to talk about is a plumber. And it's and that one frustrated me. Like this one, I, 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 I could not pass levels on this one. So I'm not sure what it was asking me to do, or at least I didn't have, I wasn't in the mindset to figure it out, but you have to, you know, because there's three different colors of the pipe pieces. There's a gray, which you can't move. Then there's a green, which is movable, but is currently attached. And you have to turn it blue to move it around. 
So if you put the blue in place, it's in place, but now it's not attached. So if you try to run water through it, it'll break. So you have to turn the blue back to green to put it in the place to have water run through it. You have to have water hit all the lights without leaking anywhere. And that was, I didn't like that at all. So do you recommend this game at all? I, I think, well, um, I'm not sure how the, if the plumbers would help with multiple people. That's probably more of a single player logic puzzle game. But the other mini games, and there's a fourth mini game that I don't even remember what it was, but, uh, but, uh, the other games I think would be funner with more people. But there's one more, one more issue that I have with the game that, you know, each of these four games comes with, I think, 15 levels each, where you can earn up to three stars, depending on your performance. I never saw three stars. I, I was lucky to get two. Most. And, uh, and you can't fail. If you don't get one star, then you'll fail. But after, for each, each game, you can play five stages. And that's it. You, the sixth stage is locked. In order to unlock it, you have to finish the first five stages in all four games. Which, when it came, I, I failed on the plumber one. <laughs> like, stage three, I, I couldn't figure it out. So, you would need more patience than I had that night. Gotcha. But, so, it's... I don't remember... I don't know what the game's cost is off the top of my head. I can't look because I, I bought it. Or it's, it's on my account, so it'll, it's marked as purchased. So, uh, if if you like the, the overcooked type of multiplayer chaotic games, you might like this. But not a game for me. It's on the eShop for $20. Okay. $20. Probably on the high end for what it is. And there is a demo. So if you are on the fence about it, if after hearing Jesse talk about yeah. it, go download the demo. Yeah, I would say it's probably high to try, but if you if you end up liking it, you'll get your twenty dollars out of it, I'm sure. Yeah, let me let me say this. I wasn't gonna talk about this game because I don't have it, but uh I was really excited when they announced Mr. Driller was coming to the Switch. And that release today, yeah. it's thirty dollars. Mm. Thirty dollars, and yeah, I'm not buying that. Like, if it goes on steep sale on the eShop, I might think about it. But that's maybe a fifteen dollar game. Sorry, uh, I think that's way too pricey for Mister Driller. Um, not excited about it anymore. Uh, so I've been playing Pokemon Cafe Mix too. I've already talked about that. I've been playing Borderlands. Uh, still trying to get those last. 200 and so moons in Mario Odyssey. By the way, I don't know how in the world do people rack up insane amounts of coins in this game because there's outfits that are, you know, 5,000 coins. And that would take me just playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. And I just don't see myself doing that. So I know there was one mini, mini game in one of the stages where. That's probably the best coin to time ratio you can get. It was it was the Donkey Kong thing, wasn't it? Like where no, 
it was it was more in the I think it was in the the Japanese area. It's just a running path, and there's a crap ton of coins. Like you, you get like okay. I don't know, a few hundred coins. I'm going to have to research level. that because, like, I want all the costumes. I want 100% the game, but they're not making it easy at all. Uh, Eric's saying it's on Bowser's Castle. Bowser's Castle. So, which okay. I, uh, yeah. Here's what I do want to do. I want to talk about a game that uh, we previewed on our Twitch and uh, YouTube live stream today, and that is Ninjala, which has been highly anticipated. Came out yesterday. The servers turned on last night about 9 p.m., um, and this game, y'all, it's, uh, it's like Splatoon and Power Stone had a baby. And, um, if you don't remember Power Stone from back in the Dreamcast days, shame on you, man. That was a, those were a couple of fun, fun games. Uh, the basic idea is, so. uh, ninja, ninja combat free for all where you can, um, do all kinds of crazy moves, shoot gum at each other. Uh, and beat beat each other to death, basically is what it is. Uh, I, what I want to talk about though is this: a couple odd choices I think for this game. Uh, I love the art style, love the music. I'm pretty used to the controls at this point. Uh, first and foremost, uh, it is a free to start game, but that free to start is pretty bare bones. Uh, like you can play online. That's about it. Um, the the if you want the single player offline version. You're going to have to pay right now $5 for it. Uh, later on, that's going to go up to $10. And as Third Strongest Mole from our uh, Discord group and community said, he finished it in a day. He paid $5 and finished it today. Uh, so there's not too, too much content. Uh, and eventually thinking that these chapters for the game are probably going to clock in at $10 each, I fully believe that this is going to end up being a $65 game. By the time it's over. Wow. On top of that, on top of that, here's here's the here's where the crazy stuff starts. On top of that, there are microtransactions to buy Jala, which is the uh, in-game currency which you can use in the shop, but also that you can buy the Ninjala season pass with. So on top of the story DLC, they're also selling a ten dollar season pass that takes 950 Jala per season to pay for it. Now it looks like, like if you're kind of familiar with the Fortnite model of season pass or battle pass, that if you play it all the way through, you're going to have enough Jala to buy the next one. Right. So kind of, so Fortnite kind of did the same thing, right? Yeah. Fortnite's been doing this forever. Fortnite's been doing this forever, but here's, here's where I think Fortnite does this better is I looked through all the offerings that you can get from the Battle Pass or, or the Season Pass, as they call it in Ninjala, and it is nowhere near the amount of goodness that you get from Fortnite. Uh, and, you know, there's like with Fortnite, you get different skins, which actually change, you know, the gender of your character or, or change the species of your character. In this, your skins that you get is like, oh, here's some ninja armor. Oh, here's a different colored hood. Oh, here's some hair. You know, it's not full-on skins that, like, make you radically different in the game, though that's probably coming later. The other big gripe I have with this is is that you unlock different modifications for your weapons. You get gum, 
and it's like, oh, you got blue gum, blue scroll gum. Like I'm using the scroll weapon right now. You got blue scroll gum or you got red scroll gum or you got potato chip scroll gum, uh, which like makes your scroll look like a rolled up bag of potato chips. Sounds awful. Um, The thing is, is that your initial color for the weapon is infinite. But if you use the gum, like say I use the potato chip skin gum, that's only valid for one match and then it goes away. Okay. And then you have to buy more. So if you want your cosmetic upgrades to your weapons, you're constantly oh, buying so your cosmetic I, upgrades to your weapons. I was thinking these are like power-ups you'd find in a map, not crap no, you have no, to buy. No, power-ups. No. Oh. In fact, you unlock oh. them. You can either unlock them as you play, or there's a gumball machine where you can get 10 or so random gums. A.K.A. gotcha mechanic. Yep. By putting in a hundred jala, oi, that's a that's almost ten percent of a pass. That, add that to the fact that this game has absolutely one of the worst tutorials I've ever played. In that it doesn't really tell you how to do anything. Like there's a parry mechanic in the game that they don't even tell you how to do. It just happens, and you figure it out as you play. There's different weapons. They, there's no tutorials on how to use the weapons or how to use the... Like, you know, in Splatoon, you can go in and you can, like, try out the different weapons and see their features yeah. and see their special attack. Nothing like that here. Uh, all the weapons are unlocked. All the weapon types are unlocked from the beginning. Um, the only training that you get is right before the match. They put you in a dojo, and you can beat up some drones and beat up some dummies. And let me add the last thing. There's only one map right now. Like, it's the same map every People complain game. that Splatoon is bare bones on launch. Yeah. So here's the thing. You hear all that, and you may say, well, Marty hates this game. No. I played two hours of Ninjala today. I like the game. I love the mechanics. I just think that um, maybe, maybe this is a case either of me expecting too much or it was just under-delivered. Because it looked so promising in the beginning, right? Like it looked like I fully believe this could have an audience like Splatoon, but they need to be upfront about it. And I feel like they were a little deceptive about the story DLC and the season pass and all that. Oh, it's free. It's free. It's free. We knew there would be some stuff eventually, but they could have been letting us in on that as time went on and they may have I don't have time to watch dev diaries and all kinds of other stuff like that that they put out about every game if it did that that's all I would do is watch YouTube all day long but right. uh, and people who do that that's their job they get paid right. to do that I don't, we, I don't we, ha- that I don't is not our jobs that. so like <laughs> I want you to play Ninjala and I think it's great that you can dip a toe in the water and see if it's for you because it's free to play but just know it comes like even once you pay to play there's some pretty hefty limitations that come along with that, but I actually like the game. I think it's fun. Um, it, I, I want to say it's like a shooter for people who like close-up combat because you can shoot the gum, but that's not really that's not really the main mechanic. The main mechanic is getting close enough to attack with your weapons. So, and you can run up walls and do all kinds of stuff. It's fun. Just go try it out, but just know. Some pretty weird restrictions going on in this game. And, you know, I've already spent $15 on it. And that battle pass runs out at the end of August. 
So that'll get me July, August, two months, two months for $10. So about what Fortnite normally gives, give or take a pandemic or two where they extend it. Uh, <laughs> but it's there. If you like ninjas, if you like Splatoon, online multiplayer combat, then you'll like this game. Just know going in, there are some red flags. Well, guys, that's what we've been playing. Let's turn on the community spotlights. We got a couple of emails and some comments over on our show topics poll on Patreon that we're going to get to. Uh, the first one comes from Mecha Dragon 101. He said, this time uh, with a parenting question to ask you dads. My question for you this week is kind of a two-parter. Should Nintendo make their user interfaces, the eShop specifically, more parent-friendly? And how much information should parents look into when buying stuff for their kids? There's been some complaining online about people buying the wrong Pokemon DLC for their game and how parents can't even bother to take a second to check if they're getting the correct version. People are blaming Game Freak for something that's just more on the lines of human error. People in my mentions just say that parents just see Pokemon and blindly buy. But in my opinion, that's just being a bad parent. If you don't even know what you're getting your child, I hope that question makes sense, dads. And I'm looking forward to your podcast soon. And to Marty, how dare he speak badly about Mr. Crash Bandicoot. And I think Crash 4 will be game of the year this year. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I think this would be a fun time to talk about because I think Mecha Dragon's online and he's watching us right now. I bought the wrong Pokemon DLC. Oof. So, yeah. Um, the DLC situation on this game sucks and it's stupid. And I got roasted online on the Nintendo voice chat podcast forums on Facebook the other week for merely suggesting that Pokemon doesn't need two versions anymore. And I'll say it here. And I believe that there is absolutely no reason for Pokemon to continue to have two versions as well as two versions of DLC that is roughly five to six hours long. Stop it. It sucks. Get some help. I, now, I thankfully for me, Nintendo is refunding me my money. But the, yeah. the only reason, I think it's pretty crappy that the only reason Nintendo is not refunding you your money or, or is refunding people their money is because there was such immense pressure and outcry about this. Yeah, their original stance was they weren't going to. Yeah, yeah. So here's my solution to this. Don't make DLC purchasable alone in situations like this in the eShop. Make people go through the game to get it. Or, or you know, it, it, it's less money for them because, but because the whole point of this is if you have both games and you want the DLC to both, you got to buy it both. But if they had one set of DLC that was compatible with both games, then and you know they can do that. Then you only, yeah, you definitely you can do that, but of course they're 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 cutting into the sales a little bit because now I only have to buy one package to have access to both. You know, I, I will but say, but at least there's no confusion there. This DLC is probably the slimiest Nintendo has been on DLC since they started doing it. I'm just well, going to say it. I, I, I feel do like, like they've done pretty good up to this point. But having two separate DLCs for two separate versions of the game, that, that's just yeah. wrong. I like having the, the DLC instead of 
a, a third game where you have to too. buy a full price game and then but they have to start over again. Uh, but yeah, they, they they definitely I think they handled but, it wrong. But let me let me address but, the actual question that was that was answered. Nintendo absolutely needs to update their user interface. Absolutely. The, the three years in, the eShop is hot garbage. It needs to be taken care of. They need to prominently feature good games and not Bouncy Bob or Math with Elves or whatever else crap. <laughs> Magical Girl Biking Arcade that came whatever out. Whatever game is know. on sale for two cents. Yeah, that, that make categories and, you know, I guess confirm purchases. I don't know that it, here's the thing. Honestly, in this situation, I don't know that an updated user interface would would help. In my case, I was simply scrolling through the eShop and I saw Pokemon DLC and bought it. And the thing was, is that the Sword DLC and the Shield DLC, and, and when it was featured, was not right next to each other. So I just saw one box for Pokemon DLC and I bought it. Yeah, I don't understand the sorting that they use for for setting up what shows up in featured or not. And, and, and I do I do like your I, I do like your idea about having buying the DLC from the game. That's pretty much how every DLC in Wii U worked. You could yeah. not just go to eShop and buy crap. You had to go through the game yeah, to go I through the that, eShop. I think that in this case this is probably that's probably the best thing to do so that so it directs them like it rec- the switch recognizes you're in Pokemon Shield I'm directing you to the Pokemon Shield DLC. Right. And that's a way that they could get around it there. Um, you know, I do believe it. Like, I've talked about this on the show before. Like, we have to take parental responsibility. Like, I get it. But Nintendo also needs to understand that people make mistakes. And when you make a confusing DLC system, you're setting people up to make mistakes. And then just simply turning your nose up and going, uh, no, I'm not giving you a refund because you're stupid. You should have read. That's not that's not customer friendly. I, I agree that's, with that. So, yeah, I, I I can see both sides. You know, I you know, no, they you you are prompted like three times pretty much. Are you, is this what you want to buy? But again, if you're not. If you're just spamming the A button, say yeah, 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 you're you're going to miss it. But uh, but yeah, but I also agree that the the how to buy the DLC should could have been improved as well. Yeah. Now about Crash Bandicoot Four, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing <laughs> for you. Uh, it's only negative, so I'm not going to say it. But anyway, didn't like any of the other three Crash games. Oh well. Uh, so anyway. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, Mancher PJP. Uh, this is from D- Discord. This is Michael Mancher. He asked this question. Uh, question for the podcast. If we were suddenly treated to other Nintendo characters being in the game as villagers, and by the game he means Animal Crossing, what animals would they be? I know there was a Wolf Link villager in one game, so that answers that. Would Samus be a bird since she's part Chozo? Maybe Mario and company would be rabbits to reference their jumping and the Mario and Rabbids game. Yes, I love this idea. Uh, did, you, you also failed to mention, or you may have not known, Ganondorf was also in Animal Crossing New Leaf as a pig. Oh, yeah, that's clever. Called Ganon. Uh, I would love this idea. I think Mario could definitely be the frog suit as well. 
You could be a frog named Mario. Um, I would love to see all kinds of Nintendo characters just randomly pop up in Animal Crossing. Yeah, like Epona. Just have. Oh, yeah. Epona, I think Epona was one of them, too. I think Probably. there was like three, three Zelda the, uh, amiibo that you could scan in. Uh, the other thing, too, just to, to backpack off this question, I saw a really, really depressing um, theory this week that Animal Crossing is heaven. <laughs> and that you've died and gone to heaven where all the animals go when they so die, and that's but that's why you're the only human. So this uh, isn't this isn't the theory that I heard, but okay. th- that uh, you you uh, you're trying to like fulfill all their last wishes, and and like them move them when they move out, that's them moving on, like they've they finally able to let go and move on. What is the theory you heard? Yeah, uh, this was I think uh, a Matt Pat. Theory. I forget the term, but uh, the everyone on your island are humans, but you just perceive them as animals based on their traits. So Blathers being wise and intelligent and talky, you, you know, you perceive him really as an owl. Theory. And that's a really good theory. Seriously, and there is apparently a real medical condition uh, or or men- mental health condition where. People think that turning into a dog or you know, and, and it makes sense because all of the villagers are graded on their attributes. You know, it's like you yeah. get a sassy one or you get a bossy one. I, for one, wish they would bring back the rude villagers. Everybody's too happy. They do get a little passive aggressive when they don't talk to them for a few days. That's true. And then one of them who is this chicken. Her or no, this I have a hippo on my island. Her name is Renee. She was talking about me behind my back. <laughs> I tried to get her kicked off the island, and Isabel would not do it. She said she had a stern talk with her, but that was oh. it. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a stern talk. I want the hippo off my island. Let's go. Shows shows what happens when you talk bad about the island representative, the resident representative. I get rid I, of you. I haven't tried to force anyone off, but you know, I've had two villagers so far who said they were wanting to leave, and I'm like, okay, enjoy. I'm, I didn't try to. I'm not attached to any one particular or, unlike other people are. So again, this is this is the second Animal Crossing that I've played more than in the first one. I've played more than a month of. And even that, I'm kind of on the you, tail look, end of it. You get to go diving in seven days. If I log in. <laughs> You've got you got to try it. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go over to Patreon. We had uh, quite a few comments about Pokemon Unite over there. Uh, Jesus A. Mata said, I think it's odd that how the Pokemon community hates Pokemon Unite, but for I, for one, welcome our Pokemon overlords. All jokes aside... This looks interesting to me as I've never been able to play League of Legends or other MOBAs like this. I'm actually interested in this one. Uh, Ebusel says, anyone worried that this Pokemon Unite is just spyware or the game tacked on? Hash, uh, slash sarcasm. Uh, yeah, because because of Tencent's involvement. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Ebusel then follows up and says, more importantly, it's telling that they let Tencent put out that Pokemon Unite game. Uh, Boulder Boulder says, I'm quite glad that the AC or the Animal Crossing update, uh, Animal Crossing has been my favorite franchise from the big end for a long time. Uh, and then Nick Metzger says, uh, this just following up about the, the online, you know, moving away from mobile games. 
In January of this year, Sensor Tower said Nintendo's gross revenue for mobile games crossed the $1 billion mark. 60% of that came from Fire Emblem. Right. So there you go. Yeah. So that, so I think was I think was there a follow up question? Like what type of uh, what, money are they looking of, for? Yeah, what amount of money do you think Nintendo needed to see for them to stay in the market? They want all of the games to be Fire Emblem money, not just the one. <laughs> Two billion. Uh I don't yeah, I don't know. That's that's a uh that's a uh investor question or investor call question. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they say during that next uh, investor's call if they mention mobile at all other than revenue, uh, hearing what we're hearing. Well, guys, that is episode 286 of Nintendo Dads. We want to thank you for joining us. Also want to thank Roger from Roger's Base for coming on earlier in the show. And he did have to cut out. You can go over and check him out at Roger's Base on social media and check out his streams on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, and videos and all kinds of stuff like that. He's a great guy, a friend of the show. Uh, we definitely want you to go check him out. But also we want to say, uh, as we close, a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Sean Abbott, and Antonio Contronio. You guys make the rockin' world go round, and all of you over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, we are thankful for each and every one of you. Head over to nintendodads.org for all of our videos, tweets, podcast episodes, and merch. And you could send us an email at nintendodads at gmail.com. Find us on social media just by typing in at nintendodads. Yeah, we're there everywhere. Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all those places. You can also call in and leave us a voicemail at 929-25-IN-DADS or 929-256-3237. I want to say a big thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show and remind you to go and leave us a five-star written review on your podcast app of choice. CastBox, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Doesn't matter where you listen as long as you leave that review so people can find us and experience the goodness that is Nintendo Dads. And so for me and Jesse, for Roger, for the rest of the dads, and for Dusty Rose, baby, we're so glad you tuned in tonight for the show. Thank you, baby. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Nintendo Dads. Maple syrup mooses.